speak so softly on Weekly Heat? It's supposed to be Weekly Heat and you, you talk like a pop. Because I'm usually in my like bedroom or my day off. Oh, so you hide it in a corner when you're doing Weekly Heat? No, I'm not hiding in a corner. I'm, pro- I'm probably in my bedroom on my day off and I'm talking to the people. Oh, so you don't want nobody to see what's going on in your laptop, no no, so, no sounds in the background, so you, you kind of keep it quiet, kind of keep it to the volume of the computer? Is that no, I do it on I do it on my like cell phone. It's a cell phone. It's me so talking to the so world. Quiet. I'm hey. not talk. I'm not quiet on there. Guys, I just have to speak louder because you're always yelling. As hell. You're He's usually yelling. in a gorilla position. As wink, wink. Hell. Oh my god, that's what I do. You, what? That's what you do? Well, I have it on my podcast, gorilla. Oh yes, yes. See, see, he's that's that's what the wink wink was really for. <laughs> that's what it really. It for. actually was. He was referring to uh, the segment actually, on your show. No, I'm pretty sure it was more of a personal tape. Anywho, welcome everyone <laughs> to the Pro Wrestling Spotlight presents True Hill Heat 39. We are coming live from the True Hill Heat headquarters. And we are going to be discussing this time, we're going to be discussing Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff becoming creative directors for Raw and SmackDown. We're going to be reviewing AEW, Fighter Fest, as well as ROH Best in the World. And we're going to be previewing this weekend's New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 29 opener, as well as Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. I am SP3, your True Hill phenom, welcoming back the True Hill resident alcoholic himself. Top guy, Jay. Let's get it started, baby. Got that kiwi. Got that summer bag. You know, you know, alcohol is a part of my menu. You know, it's gotta be. You know, it is great to be back, and it is perfect timing for that good old summer culotte, baby. And welcoming back to True Hill Heat for the first time since True Hill Heat 10, our first one. Yes, our first one on our YouTube channel. We got do you, do you, from the Jobber Tears podcast he's and, having, he's and, and from the he's brand new show Inside the Indies. It is none other than Janelle from HR. I feel like, hey, boo, what's up? I feel like Larry's in disco right now. Chrissy, <laughs> Chrissy, I miss you. Chrissy, I was hoping I that never, you was gonna be here. I can never replace you. I, I was, I was. Listen, listen. That spicy girl. I was here a couple weeks ago. She's Ooh, oh my! She keeps you Oh my god! Oh my god! She's Yo, usually she, bre- she, almost breaking things on the show, though. She breaks things. Yeah, she kicks Yo, over she chairs. Chair, she, she breaks paper. She is violent. She, she's. I very, don't know why. And and she was very I upset rubbed, with your counterpart, Sir Wilkins, on the last. I rubbed off very why? well on what her. What happened? Well, well What's she, your Wilkins she wasn't a, she wasn't okay with Sir Wilkins being the replacement for Top Guy Chain J. She doesn't like change too much. Uh, and then and then uh, I missed you too. Her, I really did. Her I missed you too. Wilkins, I didn't miss this guy, but I missed you too. Her and Sir Wilkins did disagree on a couple of topics, what, but what's uh, the, what was the one thing they disagreed about the most? I just I just feel like she was just oh well she was very she, the one thing that she was very upset about is that he got me food and didn't bring her food. Wow. <laughs> yes. Now that's wow. Okay. Wow. Sir. Wow. I didn't even see that part. You bring food for everyone. That's just common wait, courtesy. Well, you wait. come on someone's show. He's a he's a toxic individual. <laughs> Shameless plugs already. Cheap plugs like, out here. Like, but know. I'm all for it. So yes. And but damn, it's kind of good to have you back here. Because. Good and weird and exciting and 
all of the above. Like, I'm excited to be here. So, so, yeah. so the folks already know about like the Job or Tears podcast. Yeah, we had Sir Wilkins on here a couple of times. We've had Mr. Black on here. We've had you on here before. But I want the people to know about your new show, Inside the Indies, very quickly before we get into the truly right, local. Awesome. Tell them about that show. Um, so about a month ago, brilliant ideas come like either we taking a shower or you taking a shit. So one of the two happened, Facts. and I had an idea of in, of getting kind of more of the background scene on the independent scene here in New York City. Um, so I grabbed three of my good friends that are in um, promotions in New York, and we kind of just shoot the shit a little bit, and I called it Inside the Indies. And it was episode one, um, Independent Wrestlers, and then we just did our episode two. Um, of Inside the Indies, which were all NYC promoters. So shout out to Battle Club Pro, IWW, who just had their first show. So congrats to you guys and BCW, um, who just um, who is who will be celebrating their 25th show in August. Um, so I'm I'm big on supporting independent wrestling um, in my city. So definitely check out on the YouTube page at the Job Tears Podcast Inside the Indies. You can watch it. You can do it on SoundCloud, iTunes, any platform. Doesn't matter who, what, when, where, why. But um, just being an advocate of independent wrestling. So the next episode we're actually going to do, I'm going to give you guys an inside exclusive breaking news. Um, the next episode will be episode three, and it will be um, at the beginning of August. And we're going to do referees. So we're gonna, you know, I feel like they're the unsung heroes of wrestling. So we're going to interview three referees here in, in the New York City area. Oh, wow. Um, to nice. kind of get their story, see, you know, because I feel like I feel like that's one of the things you don't really hear about is like, how do you become a referee? Like, yeah, what what does it take to do that? So, I'm going to in- invite three referees that are well known in the independent scene and come and chat with us. Um, so that's gonna be episode three, and then the next one, I'm debating if I'm gonna do managers or if I'm gonna do ring announcers. So. Toss up for September, but stay tuned for August for that. Um, so once again, on the YouTube page on demand, um, at the Job Tears podcast, check that out for sure. That last episode with, uh, like you said, all the promoters was definitely a great one. Uh, speaking of which, we got to give a special shout out to Tom Specialty, Frazier, Amani Labels, and everyone from IWW Imperial World Wrestling. For their inaugural event this past Saturday, uh, Breakthrough, we were there live, Janelle and myself, I was representing True Hill Heat, we were one of the sponsors for the show, so shouts out to those guys, they had an excellent performance uh, in Queens, New York, and definitely looking forward to the next Thanks event from yeah. IWW. So let's get into the True Hill Roll Call, because this one is the True Hill Roll Call that me personally, see, our producer is choking up oh, yeah, in the I'm back, like, there is a like, reason for that. Ready? Because he saw the top three conversation starters for True Hill Heat. So if you're a first time watching True Hill Heat, please watch- type it in the comments so we can shout you out. Yes. True, our True Hill Roll Call is where we shout out everyone that supports the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, our page on Facebook, our pages on Twitter, Instagram, and more importantly, the True Hills group page. The True Hills group page have a conversation starters, a top 10, and we shout out the top three every episode. And for, I would say, the last 10, 11, 12 episodes, we've had the True Hill Trinity, known as the True Hill Trinity, which was Jamie Tanak. 
the uh, our number one Ronda and Roman hater. We had uh, the Negro. The, yeah, right, 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 right up, right up, right up, yeah, yeah, she loves that shit. Right where up, are you? Where's he from? Where uh, are you from? We have the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. Did you say Negro Buck. Yeah, because he has the same name as the young Buck, Nick Jackson, but he's a Negro. Okay. It's just someone <laughs> literally made that move from the exact last episode when you explained the exact same thing. Wait, the Was the Peruvian pimp Bruno AB? But Bruno AB has let down the rest of the True Hill Trinity because we have a brand new top three. The True Hill Trinity is no more. There will be no t shirts. Top Guy JJ wanted you to last to True Hill Heat. 40. I said 50. He said True Hill Heat 40. They didn't even make it to 40. So, we have our top three is as follows. The Negro Buck, Nick Jackson, who had went seven or eight True Hill Heats in a row at number one, drops down to number three. We got at number two, the Simon Miller of the True Hills group page. The true face of all of the members on the True Hills group page. And the man that single-handedly took down the True Hill Trinity Steve Salvage. Steve Salvage, the man who's been running our, our Raw and SmackDown threads oh, on the wow. True Hills group page. Wow. He has finally taken down the True Hill Trinity. And then coming in at number one, finally, he has reached the number one platform. I now have given him an official nickname. He is no longer the Roman and Ronda hater. He is now the Scottish sociopath. Jamie Tana. Yes, he's from Scotland. Yes, guys. Nice. <laughs> Don't you just love when you get like... People that, that watch and support what you do, they don't even live in the states. Like, it, it's a great feeling, Jamie. Jamie, we give a hard time all the time, but he's a he's a great follower to the page, a great member on the True Hills group page. So, Jamie, we definitely appreciate you, and we congratulate you on becoming number one on the group page. Uh, a couple of the True Hills, we got a shout out: Jeremy, Jeremiah Babcock, uh, Eddie Gaines, Cody Smith, Win Drew, Jacob Overy, uh, William Crispo. I don't know. Uh, Byron Fonda, a couple of our YouTube subscribers, one of our good ones, uh, Kayfabe Ta- Tactics. Kayfabe Tactics has been commenting on all of our uh, videos online. I definitely appreciate him since he's became a subscriber. Uh, J.B. Lewis and Norwell Music. So shouts out to those guys for becoming subscribers to our YouTube channel. Let's hear from the Spotlight and the True Hills. All right, Nick Jackson names the new three the Tribunal. The Tribunal. Wow. Okay. And How long did it take him to come up with that? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> What's wrong with it? The Tribunal? It sounds like something like All right. Survivor. Um, I don't usually ask for clarification, but some clarify that for me, please. It's I don't like know. Survivor. No, I, it makes sense. No, it don't. I get it. Of course you get it. You're from HR. I'm not from HR. I am not a human resource representative. I am from the liquor store. So I need you to break this down for me in simple terms. I'm just saying. Usually black people are from HR. She's from HR. So, you know, she's definitely smarter than I am. So I'm definitely not. I ain't saying I'm denying it. 
And Ikey Ike says, I'm just here to see that fine lady in the middle. Wait, of course. Who? Of course. Ikey Ike. Wait, Ike Ike says, uh, he, he's, he's here for you. Wow. You're the show. Um, you're the show. show. You're the show. Um, you're on the show. I'm not. It's not about JJ. No, it is. It's I'm, not I'm, about I'm me. A guest. It's about you. I'm a guest. I mean, I ain't thank you for that. tuning in. You know, I want to support my boys. I got the call 24 hours ago. Come on the show. I said, well, I haven't been in a while. And I felt a way about that. So I was like, well, I'm going to come. She's she's been throwing subs for like the oh, past wow. couple of months, especially when we have like Wilkins or uh, yeah, Mr. Black like, on the show. I was like, oh, so fuck me, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> we had to. We had but to you, you were on for a couple episodes prior to that. You yeah, were, you were on show nine and ten. Well, I mean, that's probably where your highest you you know shows anyway, so it's okay. So, all right. Okay. And I got told you she's a smart woman. She, she's saying. business. She's into the numbers. I'm just this I is mean, what happens when you get the Renee Young of wrestling podcasts <laughs> on your show. You know, I'm trying not to be booking. All right, all right. Can can you just get a little bit more like edgy because you're spinning too many facts and I can't come back to that. Well, it's okay. You're too smart. I'll try to tone it down. Yes, dumb it down for me, please. But let's get into the top news. <laughs> And of course, it's we've been off for two weeks, but the number one news has to do with WWE oh and their decision to oh announce. A, I think it was oh a week and a half ago. Oh WWE announced on its website and via social media that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff have become creative directors for both Raw and SmackDown. This new role basically means that they will be the head of creatives for uh, both shows, Heyman for Monday Night Raw and Eric Bischoff for uh, SmackDown. Uh, They will only answer to Vince McMahon. This role was just created because of all the creative struggles in 2019 for the WWE. They will now directly uh, talk to Vince McMahon. Eric Bischoff will deal directly with the Fox executives when SmackDown moves over to Fox. Paul Heyman's first week of Monday Night Raw was this week where he had some influence over the show. Apparently, it actually started last week because Paul Heyman is high on Ricochet and the decision to put Ricochet in the main event for the last two weeks was apparently up to Paul Heyman. And uh, he's brought a whole bunch of different changes. We had a big explosion to start the show (laughs) on Monday Night Raw. We have a cup hold uh, storyline going on on Monday Night Raw. The club is on Monday Night Raw. And Eric Bischoff has not signed it on SmackDown, but over on SmackDown, we had Kofi Kingston uh, giving up middle fingers. We had Kevin Owens being a heel in one half of the show and a baby face in the other. So it's a whole bunch of changes, a whole bunch of moves to make uh, WWE programming entertaining again and I'm gonna say I'm gonna start it off and say it was entertaining this week it was very interesting to watch but what was your guys reaction to Heyman and Bischoff being named in these roles uh, my first initial was I wish I was the fly on the wall in that meeting of contract signing and seeing how much they get paid like I would love to see what money was thrown at them to say listen I need y'all on the team before anyone else can get you because ideally they were kind of like low-key free agents yeah so the fact that they were able to grab especially eric bischoff but it makes it exciting it makes it i mean it kind of does give that 2005 feel again <laughs> which isn't a bad thing because i feel like a lot of wrestling fans like mr black always talks about that ruthless aggression era time is his favorite time and that was during you know the paul Heyman eric bischoff era so i feel like getting them back um it'll be kind of like the best of both worlds like i think that i think they will once they find that groove and seeing like what the fans you know re- respond to because i think that's 
the one thing I've always liked about Paul Heyman is that he actually like looks at fan reaction yeah, and kind of takes that in and into consideration more than I think Vince does. Like, Vince can be like, well, you can boo, cheer. I really don't give a fuck. I'm still going to do what I want to do. But I feel like Paul is definitely one of those that will definitely take into consideration all the variables and then say, all right, listen, this is how maybe we should move. So, I mean, I'm excited. I, I told you off camera, I said, I'm, I'm in a space of wrestling where I'm kind of like, throw the shit on the wall, let's see what sticks. So, what were your thoughts? Thank you, AEW. <laughs> Thank you, AEW. Something had to happen. Something had to happen. And I kid y'all not, I did, I, I was unfortunately not here for the last episode of True Hill Heat, and thank God I wasn't. Because I had no fucking clue what happened in wrestling over that period of time because I was done. I was, it was that bad when it came to that company. So if we would have covered anything WWE, I would have had no clue what it was. I'd have had no clue. So reading these news and reading the news and seeing the snippets, I was like, all right, let's dive into this shit one more game. And then I don't know how much of a hand they had in these past couple of episodes, but I was like, whoa. I mean, it's not all the way back, but you've seen a little bit of a sign. My best, my favorite part of the whole week was the... Holy shit! From <laughs> that, Corey Graves, that was like great. that shit was. That was not yo, like a mistake. He just, that shit just vomited out. This shit just came out. It's like yes, they didn't cut that. That was straight raw reaction. Nah, that was it, in the script. I don't no, care. Yeah, I don't care. Just I don't like, care. But that's the story. But that's the whole bitch. But that's the story that I believe. But that's the story that I believe. Like it just felt. I was like, whoa. He had to react that way and. Shit, you felt it. That was actually a pretty damn good sequence during the show. And actually, the show wasn't terrible. It was actually a pretty decent show. And I it still got a ways to go. SmackDown still got a ways to go. But it was like, if this is a piece of what somebody other than Vince, when they have their whole palm on it, and they just run it, and as Miss HR said, let's just see what the fuck sticks. Shit. I'm with it. I'm with trying new shit. At least try new shit. But I feel like, especially, I just feel like across the board, wrestling right now is just in a place where you really are throwing shit on the wall, literally. Just be like, all right, what works, what doesn't work? You know, you know, everyone always talks about, you know, AEW competing with WWE, and I I have my own separate opinion about that, that... Yeah, you, you, you know who's really real. throwing shit on the wall, and I've been trying to defend him for I've been trying to defend him for a long time. Cool. Ring of Honor. Oh my name. God! Really? That's not, they've been that's throwing. They've been throwing. That's not, that's not, that's that's they've been throwing. So, 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 so you said in a part of wrestling. Yeah, so no, I'm going to talk about. So, so that's WWE. There's so many different things that can go left and right. Throwing shit. They throwing feces. They they aren't throwing anything. That's the problem. They throwing wet feces. They're not throwing anything. They have what Matt Taven as their champion, which. I think was actually a really good change, but hasn't really done nothing with that. The, I saw on TV, like a TV show, it was like Kenny King versus Jay Lethal. I was just like, this black on black crime. I don't know how I feel about this, but cool, whatever. But I, I get the point that you shouldn't just throw anything, but I think but WWE, they're not, they're WWE, not even in WWE is actually trying something new and it's actually improved the product, I would say, on week one. What do you guys think of their decision to put Eric Bischoff in this role? Because what we're hearing is that backstage, some officials, some former TNA talent, and even some current talent are basically saying that 
if there was one move that showed that Vince is out of touch, it's putting someone that was eat, that's as much as out of touch as him in this role in Eric. Bishop. I mean, the worst move that he could have done was put Jim Cornette in the fucking position. Yeah. That would have been worse. No, no. As much Russo. as I like, Russo. I mean, bro, bro, <laughs> bro. I feel like I'm worse than Eric Bischoff. I so. mean, you could have done well worse than him, and I think what and it, it just feels like it. They're saving their ace. I feel like they're saving the ace in case shit gets really bad, and that ace is Triple H. I think they're saving the ace. What do you do? You so the basically what what came out this week was the um, more conversation of why Triple H wasn't chosen for this role. So what Uncle Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer, yeah, my Uncle Dave, yeah, Uncle, yes, my Uncle Dave. Uh, he basically said that WWE and this man want to protect Triple H because if Triple H would fail in one of these roles, it would look tremendously bad because the he's supposed company. to be the successor to to Vince McMahon. So they. And that, to me, kind of makes me feel like the WWE knows this shit's going to fail. That's no, what it kind of, think, that's what it kind of, no, I, I kind of I, I think it's that. more or less like, if, you know, if hypothetically the shit sunk, it wouldn't really be a, a homegrown WWE fault. It'll be like, it'll be in a sense where, when you pick like a COO and a CFO, and let's say, for instance, you know, your financials are tanking. You can blame the CFO. Like he put him putting Bischoff and Heyman in those roles allows him and everyone around to point fingers instead yeah. of saying it's Hunter's fault. That's what I feel. I so, feel like Bischoff and Heyman are gonna be fall guys if, if, yeah. if it doesn't improve. But there's always but you know, in any company there's always a fall guy. Like it, it's not even like on a like let's protect those that you know we wanna protect. It's just at the end of the day, you, you got to have a contingency plan. And right now, the plan is to put Paul, put Eric in those positions, see what happens. And if they fail, that's on them. Like, but God it's like it. walking the plank, almost. But God damn it, I want them to succeed, man. No, I think like, they like, I, I, I don't even want to talk about them. I, I don't even want to. I, I want them to succeed because literally it's going to now not only create a better product for us to watch and for us to talk about it is going to genuinely make any other outside organization that is in the United States truly step they shit up even more but I mean and this is the one thing that I just I have to always plug in it's like when when your company is on a global scale then, then we can be on the same platform until you reach that global scale that WWE is on, and it may not be the best product, everybody may not watch it every week, but you cannot deny that the company is a billion dollar company on a global scale. So until another company is on that same platform, we can talk to people in the face. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we can talk till we blew in the face, but at the same time, it's like there's a reason this decision has occurred. There's well, a yeah, reason this shit, has shit happened. The outcry <laughs> of negativity has led to decisions like this. This is not something that's just clear water out of the blue, sit down, have a meeting, and just say, hey, let's just shake things up. The feedback has been terrible about WWE, no matter how much money they got. That money could run out. And regardless of how you feel about it, of like, you don't consider AEW competition until they're like on that global stage, these moves and the decisions by WWE shows that WWE sees AEW as coming. They see, I think down, I think once again that ten, that five, ten year down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So if they don't, have, if they don't 
the wheels on the bus don't roll round and round right now, they they're gonna they're gonna fall off the road, down the road. So I think yeah, they're gonna position themselves so that they keep running in in the race, so that they're in the race, because they already know they're like a way ahead of the race. Well, but they're they're ten they're decades ahead. Right. Yeah, they're, so, they're, but, but, but clearly, but when you have but when you have a they're feeling the heat. Yeah, and I mean, I rather heat comes from under their asses and makes wrestling interesting again than it being same old bullshit. So before we get into our final question for this topic, let's hear from the spotlight and the true hills. Anthony Carragher said, hey, "Shout out to behind the barricade." Okay. Shout oh yeah. Out. Yes. He says, "I mean, so far Raw and SmackDown has been better and more edgier in a sense, I guess. LOL. We shall see." <laughs> That's the right. best way to better. Right. I mean, yeah. It's not there yet, but it's like you kind of seen. You want to believe you've seen improvement. You want to believe it. But it's how can it be consistent? Can they do it for two weeks? Can they do it for a month? I, how, how, can't. Steve Salvage says Heyman might be a little handicapped because he has to finish out Vince's storylines until after the pay-per-view. Yeah, but I, I, I can but see him getting to a better conclusion yeah. than what Vince was going to get to yeah. on most of the stories. And it's already seeming like that with like stuff like Bobby Lashley well, what and the Braun club? Strowman. Because yeah. I was reading um, not too long ago, like earlier this week, that it was like Vince, Vince's idea of getting a club together was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It because, was Paul. Because he's, that was his whole thinking with re-signing the club. Right, to was to put him together. But it was Paul's idea to put him here. Yeah. So... I think having two brains at the table can look what happened at the end of the world. You were like, oh shit, AJ Styles doing his style clash on the second row. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. So definitely, definitely was an entertaining end and close an angle to end Monday Night Raw for sure. Marcy, thank you for watching, brother. I was gonna say shout out to Marcy Colbrand. First time here for this, enjoying it so far. Hell oh, yeah. Welcome, yes, yes. Thank Any you. other first time watchers, just shout it out. Yeah, comment in the comment section and especially for our YouTube subscribers, we want to hear your answer to this question. So the final question about this. So besides we talked about Paul Heyman, we talked about Eric Bischoff in these roles, we talked about Triple H not being chosen for this role. So who would be the one person you would have thought would be perfect for this new creative director role that wasn't chosen? You have to go first because you said you had an idea. So I have the perfect person. <laughs> and I, I, I want to know if it's the same person. I have the perfect I person. I Bruno. Oh my no, god. No, no. Well, Bruno. Bruno's awesome, but I, I want to get him for a creative director. <laughs> we'll probably have Rey Mysterio, a naked Rey Mysterio, winning the WWE Championship. And, if, and, if Bruno was in charge. In USA colors. In USA colors, for sure. <laughs> but my choice is not Eric Bischoff. I'm sorry. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. I said it to you guys on Weekly Heat, and I'll say it right now. The Eric Bischoff decision is very out of touch. If there's one person more out of touch in professional wrestling than this man, oh it's Eric Bischoff. If you lo- list the laundry list of talent that Eric Bischoff saw nothing in, yes. it's ridiculous. Yes. Rey Mysterio, yes. Chris Jericho, yes. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. That's just in the 90s. Let's talk about his TNA run. He made AJ Styles Rick Flair. He made AJ fucking Styles Rick Flair Jr. He made he didn't see nothing in Kazuka Okada. He didn't see nothing in the Young Bucks. He just saw Jay Lethal as a guy who did impressions. No, he like, was flat. 
Yo, no, like, he, it's just like a laundry list. This guy is so out of touch. There's a reason why people are saying, like, that's the decision that's like, uh. Heyman's like, yes, this is what we wanted. Bischoff's like, uh, I don't know about this. I think we should have chosen Triple H. But I get the not picking Triple H because you got to protect him. He's the successor. So, there is someone else that you could have put in this role. Because this role is all about the stockholders. It's all about putting someone that the stockholders wouldn't recognize. Someone that's been successful with the company in a creative role. Not Eric Bischoff, because that was back in 1998. It's been 20 years since Eric Bischoff's been successful in a creative role. But there's been a guy who created a company that is still running today that works for WWE in their creative position, and that's one of her favorite wrestlers of all time, Double J, yes! Jeff yes! Jarrett. Yo, yes! I swear Double to God, that was exactly what I was thinking of. Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Yes. Yo, I chose Double J over Eric Bischoff. Excuse me, Yes, yes, yes. Even the Mountain shit was brilliant. Like, the time of impact of TNA days, Jeff Jarrett hands was all on that bitch. Like, yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this. As long as yeah, I'm so glad. As long as Jeff Jarrett ain't booking himself, he can't book he's, himself. He's a pretty good booker. <laughs> he, he cannot book himself. <laughs> I agree. But y'all, literally, you went downstairs, and I went on my phone, and I was just like, yo, who could? Because I was like, yo, I don't know who to say. Like, I have no idea. And literally. Jeff fucking Jared popped in my Yeah, I mean, that's what I was like, yo, that shit is. And at first, I was like, yo, I don't know if I would say it because I was like, I don't know if Sid's gonna think that's right. I don't know. (laughs) But just creatively, like what he did for Impact, he started a company, it is still running. I'm feels a little bit from time to time. Well, but yeah, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that, you know, but definitely before Dixie Carter ever got her hands (laughs) on the company. Impact TNA was was lit. Like TNA was giving, they had a, they had a time. was giving people a run for their money, and I definitely think Jeff had. Like I, I always believe with wrestling, you have a different eye for certain things. Like Paul has a different. Paul's eye is more of interacting with fans and, and understanding the fans' reaction and understanding what is needed to get a get an emotion out of a fan. That's Paul's eyes. Jeff's eyes is minus him booking himself. You know, like. A thousand million times as being we're champion. Not, gonna not gonna get into that, but Jeff's eyes is definitely more of a kind of like a groundbreaker kind of eye where he, you know, once again started in TNA. So the way he positioned people and started new, like started to do different matches, did like change, you know, the ring from a square to a fucking octagon and type shit. Like it takes a different type of eye to kind of maneuver certain things and keep you interested as a fan. So I, I'm so. That makes me happy that we actually thought of the same person. We're right here on this one. Like that, who did you think, JJ? I mean, he's definitely not the first choice that anybody would ever think of. But just for somebody that I think has been in the wrestling business for, for so long, I think if he gets a crack at it, I think it would just be a fresh opportunity. And he hasn't done any of this before. And it's just somebody that I just think that if he is put in a chance, he gets a chance. I think he could do pretty goddamn good at it. And that choice for me would be Tommy Dreamer. Mm. Okay. I, I think the passion mm. that Tommy Dreamer has for wrestling is unmatched by any human being alive. I don't think no one loves wrestling more than Tommy Dreamer. So the, 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 the mindset that he would have if even thought of for an opportunity like this, he would see everything through with passion. Whether it succeeds or fails. Like, 
that was just clear cut option number one for me because it's like, yo, Tommy Dreamer to me is wrestling. And that was just my thought process. It's not knocking anybody else's choice. It's not knocking Jeff Jarrett's choice because I think he would be a great pick. But if I had to pick somebody, I pick wrestling. I pick Tommy Dream. <laughs> I, I usually knock JJ's choices, but that's a choice I didn't expect him to one. say. No, so that was a good, good one. one. That was a good one. Because the other one I would have said was uh, Gabe uh, Sosowski, who is uh, the booker for Evolve and was the former booker for Ring of Honor back in the Ring of Honor glory <laughs> days. I would have picked Gabe as well because he also works for WWE. So there's a lot of people in the WWE creative position already that could have took that role and been better in it to me than Eric Bischoff. No, I, but like I told you off camera, I feel like with Bischoff, it was definitely more... Yo, how many alarms you, know, like you got, a, man? That was the last one. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, that's the, like, I <laughs> like, I know I'm usually late, but fuck, I ain't that late. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's the JJ's probably at 7-Eleven drink. Uh, like, come on, come on. I, like yo, we're like a half hour yeah. in. Like, I ain't that late. But no, but I think with Bischoff, it's more or less, like, because they're going on Fox, because... They're going, you know, they're, they're going on that, like, different... Fox wants a raunchier product. Just point blank, period. And I think Bischoff, from, you know, even though he didn't see Cruiserweight talent, he definitely gave, at times, a raunchier product. Like, sure. at times, it was like, oh, shit, what is going on on TNT tonight? Like... He he understands that kind of like when it's time to kind of get dirty and, and get in your hands. I do think the only way for success for on the Bischoff side is if he's not on camera. I do think that if he just honestly sits in the sits in Gorilla, understands how to produce, which he does and he can do it very well. I just think off camera Bischoff will have more success than on camera Bischoff because then it will. I think. Both of them, and you know, Paul's only going to be on TV because of Brock, so, but he's only going to be in that capacity. Yeah. So, but if they were like to put themselves in storylines and all type of shit, it would get real tacky. It would get real 2005. And I think that's the route they need to avoid in order for this to really grow. And unlike, and unlike Paul, Eric, um, no, well, Paul, unlike Eric, doesn't have that track record of when he became a TV personality or on screen role. He, completely shit the bed as creative. That's no. that was Eric's downfall when he became a TV and an on screen character. Because it was when, hard to juggle and it was I just hard. don't think he was able to handle the level of success that he had. The people you were dealing with and, and I told you that off camera too, I said even though you know he didn't vision he didn't appreciate the cruiserweight division in WCW even though he it was the first fucking outside outside of like Hogan, Paul, but, Nash all right, but, it, it clouded but, I think everything. But and, then, and, then, and then 20 years later he still didn't appreciate anyone right. outside the NWO but, and a sting Jared, like Hogan, they got the most camera time in TNA and this because not, of Bischoff. And this is not defending Eric Bischoff, but at the same time, the level of success that that had was unprecedented in wrestling. That shit still hasn't been matched. So well, it's because it was a groundless ground. It was so. But how do you get out of that if you change the game? So it's like, how can you get out of that? And then evolve to something more when what you've done was probably the greatest thing in wrestling history. How do you how do you get out of that? And then what ended up happening was there were so many other 
fingers and hands outside of his control that ended up wanting to be a part of WCW. Really, and, and I actually like Vince Russo. I'm not going to hold you to it, but once mm. Russo got involved, it, Bro. Really, it really, it was Titanic. It, Bro. Really, it was literally, WCW was Titanic and Vince Russo was Iceberg, and that's well, what happened. Let's just be thankful Russo wasn't chosen for these roles. <laughs> but we're going to talk more about Bischoff Thank and Heyman for sure in these roles as it progresses. Bischoff is apparently going to take his role full-time after Extreme Rules, mm-hmm. so we're for sure going to talk about that on future True Hill Heat. So we got to move on to our next topic. Our next topic has to do with the WWE Universal Champion, a.k.a. Twitter Fingers himself, the architect of social media debacles, (laughs) it seems like. Uh, Seth Rollins, yes, and botches. Seth Rollins went into a Twitter roar recently before WWE Stomping Grounds, which was about two weeks ago now. Uh, WWE Universal Champion went out on Twitter and said WWE Stomping Ground would be the best wrestling on the planet, period. This started a huge uproar where uh, different wrestlers from other organizations kind of make poke fun at it at WWE at one of his worst times and his champion putting out a tweet like that. Uh, Seth then doubled down when other fans commented on it and he says that uh, WWE has the best wrestling period. Then after the Cruiserweight Championship match at uh, Stomping Ground, and it was a great match, he, he went out and he doubled down even more. He said, did you see that Cruiserweight title match? No one in the world can do stuff like that. He said no one in the world can do what he does as consistently as he does it, as much as he does it. And Will Ospreay responded to that. He said no one alive can do that. And Will Ospreay uh, responded to that tweet with, I'm alive. Because Will Ospreay is one of the best wrestlers in the world and is doing it as consistent as Rollins. Rollins was triggered by that. So Rollins tweeted back at at, uh, Will Ospreay, calling him a little guy and kind of talking down to him. Uh, then basically said that uh, WWE had the better version of him in Ricochet, and he just won the United oh, States Channel. Yeah, there is that, exactly. It's very, it's very debatable because it segue into the timeline. When you think about the fact that WWE sent Paul Heyman to England to try to recruit Will Ospreay because Will Ospreay was in negotiations with World of Sport and WWE wanted Will Ospreay for NXT UK, they recruited him with Paul Heyman before they even knew about Ricochet. They didn't know about Ricochet until when? Until they saw his match with who? Will Ospreay! It's it's ridiculous and and they probably saw the gift. Then Seth they Rollins only saw the gift. Seth Rollins made it worse because Will Ospreay did an interview with Wrestling Observer talking about the Twitter roar and he was informed by one of the fans during the interview that uh, Will Ospreay actually had more matches in 2019 than the WWE Universal Champion Seth Rollins. Even though Seth Rollins says we work 300 days a year and we wrestle all these times, Will Ospreay has more matches than him. So, Will Ospreay went out on Twitter and well, said, in 2019, in 2019, Will Ospreay has more matches than uh, than Seth Rollins, Mike Drop. And no, okay, now, I would have felt triggered, too. He would have put, oh, put the Obama Yeah, he put the Obama But Seth was very much triggered because he said, oh, if you want to compare numbers, let's compare bank accounts. He already lost. Bomb. Yes, he already lost there. And he said, let's compare it. I thought that was bars. Nah, it's not. It's not. When you're talking, when the whole subject is about wrestling, and then you have to bring up bank account, my dude, you took your L. And that's why Will responded to him and shut the whole thing down. He said, 
bro, what what is all this changing of the game of the goalposts? It was all about your quote was no one alive can do what I do as consistently as I do it. Nothing to do with money. Nothing to do with ricochet. It's you versus me. I just put up that I have. You said that WWE does it more than everybody else. I've had more matches than you. That's something that refutes your fact. And he said, but good luck. And then uh, uh, Seth, in his tweet, he was like, oh, that's with a back injury. I did all these matches. And uh, Will Ospreay ended his tweet with, hope your back feels better. <laughs> Bars. Mm-hmm. Shut it down. And Seth Rollins took his L this week with apologizing to Will Ospreay. Which he shouldn't have done. So what was your thoughts on this whole timeline between Seth and uh, Will Ospreay? I know you are a WWE. Uh, you're holding down the flagpole for the WWE marks of the world. So I don't really feel like I know you don't. You you follow the indie. So you're, yeah, like I, I you're tried, a true wrestling. Fan. I try to you know. I think over the years I've I've learned that it's there's more than WWE, and I think growing up, you know, I started you know once again watching ECW, WCW, and WWF. Like, you didn't really know. like, And then once those kind of like, you know, then you just had WWE. So that's all you knew. So I think over the last few years, I've definitely, personally, made it my business to learn different things and learn different promotion and indies and, and other, you know, professional promotions and blah, 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 blah. I feel like with Seth, Seth, freaking Rollins, I would have preferred a non-apology just, just as, like, a girl from Brooklyn, New York. I'm sorry. Like, if you want to say some shit, I'm going to need you to hold that same energy. Like, I'm going to need you to be like, well, I said what I said. <laughs> and that's it. And that, and, and you might drop. Like, I mean, I think the whole changing of... I, I thought the bank account shit was funny because I just was like, oh, that's a low blow. But fuck it. That's what happens when you, you, you know, you're going back and forth with somebody. Like, you go low. But then you apologize. It's like, now you look pussy. Like, why would you do that? Like, you look crazy. Like, that shit does... That, that bothers me more than any fucking tweet you could ever say. Now, if we're gonna put match to match, cool. Like, Will Ospreay has more matches than you. Who gives a fuck? Like, you still... If you know you're making more money, then why the fuck is you even responding? Like, alright, bro, Why cool. did Seth talk about wrestling? He should've just talked about money. But... Seth, first of all, Seth is not even like a social media guy. So all this actually I know. sounds really, it's, it's, it actually like sounds, his girl is putting it actually sounds sus as fuck. Like when I read it, when I read up on it, I was just like, Seth don't even talk like this. Seth don't even talk on it. Like if you look on his Instagram, he all he does is CrossFit shit. Like he don't bother nobody. So for him to go back and forth with us, I was like. What are we doing? Like, what is this? And it's but not. I mean, and it's not. And it's not uh, often that Will Ospreay wins Twitter wars. He usually loses. Them. Really? He lost to Sadie Gibbs in a Twitter war. <laughs> yeah, he's lost to a few people on Twitter. I so. mean, maybe you know it was one of those things like you take all these L's and you get that one W, and that's the W that. I mean, he's matters. winning. Od, he has little guy T-shirts that say "Burn Twitter Down." Like he's he's winning. Od, he's about to make money. Off I that. mean, I'm all about a good come up. I think once again, I mean. Wrestling is wrestling. Like, appreciate the craft. Appreciate what you have. Like, who gives a fuck if you have more matches than me? Like, or five star. Like, wrestling is wrestling. Like, you're gonna have great matches. You're gonna have terrible matches. You're gonna have best in the world matches. You're gonna have worst in the world matches. Like, it at this point, it's just like, why even go through the back and forth shit? But Seth, once again, New York Code of Honor, keep the same energy. If you said what you said, fuck it. You said it. The end. One comment from Jamie Tannock. You have to feel a little sorry for Seth. The most over people in his main event at Stomping Grounds were his girlfriend and CM Punk. And neither were supposed to be in the match. <laughs> I don't feel bad for Seth. 
And, and I think the it's weird the whole on screen like when they started that shit. That's, I'm very that's I'm very weird. uncomfortable. It's, it's very weird. cringeworthy seeing them on. First of all, it's, it was actually cringeworthy to actually find out that they were dating. So she's like, this is weird. I don't know what y'all have in common besides wrestling, but cool. But just the whole on camera thing is just it's they have weird. no chemistry. And the fact that she when she smacked him on his ass, I was just like, oh, that's a bitch nigga shit. Like, why would you even let her do that to you? And then a raw when <laughs> Maria Canellas called him a whole bitch, I was like, see, this is why you're getting called a bitch. Because you let your shorty smack you on your ass. Like, would you let your shorty smack you on your ass? In private, yeah. In private. Yeah. Not yeah. in front of 10,000 No, not in front of not no, a million, million sitting at home. At home. Well, JJ, what did you think about the, <laughs> set, the Rollins <laughs> Osprey Twitter Award? Why are you laughing? <laughs> you're dying. <laughs> I was more I was more referring to the promo. Like I could not see I could never see myself like any dude on there, I could never see myself be like on national TV? Uh-huh. Yo, backstage, everybody gonna call you a bitch. Like straight up. Like I'd be like You saying Seth ain't a roughneck? No. He's from fucking Davenport, Iowa. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> we really gonna do that? Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, if he was a rough man. <laughs> comes out it's like what the fuck just happened exit stage left Seth literally lost as soon as he started talking he is not a talker he is this guy that's handed a script he delivers the script he leaves he does his job he goes home now you insert Becky Lynch into the equation right you insert Becky Lynch now I don't really care what they have in common as far as relationships are concerned. I don't care about any of that stuff. That stuff doesn't matter to me whatsoever. Hope they work out whatever the hell happens. But let me explain something to you. When you get slapped on your ass as a grown ass man, you know back then, and anybody who knows this, and we all in our 30s, so we know this, right? Back in the 90s, the minute you jumped in the double dutch rope, you lost all your manhood. All of it. You lost all your manhood once you jump. You could do single rope and you could be cool. But once you jump in the double dutch, it's over for once all you of your manhood. You like, are strict. You, you have I just do. became the bitch of the whole crew. He became the bitch of the locker room when he got slapped on his ass <laughs> by the woman. <laughs> The man's man. And then, and then, and then, she's not William Regal. Yo, let's, let's you, come back yo, you literally, like, you, you, you <laughs> literally just gave up your fan, your, your manhood on national TV. And I feel like no one, no one, I feel like fans don't understand so this. Officially, like, officially, Lacey Evans became more of a man than Seth Rollins ooh, at that point. Ooh, ooh. So, so we, we gotta understand what the significance of what happened and what took place here. You're not gonna call yourself the man. You're not gonna call yourself the beast slayer. You're not gonna say burn it down. You're not gonna have shirts that said the man. You're not gonna be this 
freaking guy when you get your ass touched by chicks and at the same time the only you want to and then, and then, and then, and then what made it worse is that Shorty held the ropes open for this nigga and he went through him like no 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 like, no, she no, called no, no, him Mr. No, no. Elizabeth, and, no. I, and that didn't bother me. But no. I will say, no. one thing that saved no. Seth was nothing. he jumped when she smacked his ass. He wasn't he ready. Like, he what? wasn't ready. Like, what? He wasn't ready. He didn't for this. jump, so he already know he don't take it in the ass so, like some other. Like Ricochet. So overnight. Whoa. So overnight. So overnight, Seth realized. <laughs> he realized after having all of these man pills. After having all of these man pills. Just said, yo, I just lost in so many ways. I'm sorry. Let me count the ways. Like, I'm sorry to Willie. I might not have a Willie after this. I'm sorry to Will Ospreay. And, and it's, dude, like, you just done fucked up in so many, like, yo, who's going to really believe this man is universal champion at this point? Like, he's a champion of all the men now? Like, like come on. Like, come on. They might as well just switch titles. They might as well literally just switch titles at this point. I mean, Becky Lynch is the universal champion right now, and Seth Rollins is the freaking women's raw women's champion right now. Like they need to just they like to stop. Like I can't. Like I'm telling you that that yo when he got slapped on his ass, I'm just yeah. like yo when you yo you don't like that. No, no, no. There's certain man codes that you just don't fucking fuck up on, and that is one of them. Yo, I agree with SP all the way. Yo, the things that my woman would do to me in my in, in the privacy of what we do, what we gotta do, when we do things, make things happen. You know what I mean? Shit. I'm just saying, but on national motherfucking television, nah, bro, nah, bro, and I swear to God, if there's a man alive that doesn't do anything to please a woman, you deserve to get dumped tonight. I think the best, the best tweet, the best tweet about this whole thing was someone that tweeted, "Yo, this light is blinding, son." Well, I guess, I guess, well, I guess, Twitter game isn't sexually transmitted. So let's hear from the spotlight in the True Hills. That's, oh. wow, that's unique. Yo, I ain't gonna lie, that was a lot. That's unique. But oh. I feel like people understood that ass smack for me, that, 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 that Done, done, that shit. That fucking that, He just dumped, like, he hey, jumped hey, in the double dutch rope. He jumped in the double dutch. This is 2019, guys, come on. Wait, like, what's, like, the, what's the big deal? The big yo, deal? Yo, yeah. what kind of significance is grabbing my she nuts in 2019 only, had the same thing that it had in 1999? The same motherfucking thing. No, it was obviously... He ain't grabbing no... He ain't grabbing nothing else down there. It was definitely like the chain of events that... What should, she, what should he have done as a response? Smacked her or what? Smacked her ass. Yo. <laughs> yo. Can we hear from the spotlight in the drill here? Nah, nah. Nah, 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 I ain't gonna lie. It's like also like the only response that would the only response that would have won Seth Rollins right she there was he would have grabbed her head and just sucked her titty right in the middle of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been the only way he would have won. It's not edging leader. No, yes, 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 yes. Take your manhood back. Like, he lost his manhood. 
he that's was. Like grabbing by the pussy. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh. I said grab her by the hair. No, we're not doing any of that shit. Oh, right? wait, oh, you ain't getting grabbed by your hair in the bedroom? Let's talk about it. That's not. Where is this going? (laughs) Off the rails, as As, as usual. Right on track. Yes, track. Steve Salvage says she just dropped a William Regal reference. Props. Oh, thank you. I know my shit. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh God! I, I, if that's all from the spotlight and the true heels, we can move on. So that's it. <laughs> uh, so yes, our final top main top news uh, topic has to do with WWE. Another petty Vince move, as I like to view it. Petty, w- petty, petty I'm sorry, 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 I'm on the same day as AEW Fight for the Fallen. It was announced just last week that Evolve's 10th anniversary celebration next Saturday, July 13th, will air live for the first time on WWE Network. Yes, Evolve, that has been in a partnership with WWE for over three years now, since 2016, for the first time, will be on the WWE Network on the same day that AEW All Elite Wrestling will be having Fight for the Fallen, their charity event for victims of gun violence in the Jacksonville, Florida area. And that is going to be the same day. So what do you guys think of WWE's decision to air Evolve on this night? Uh, a lot of people view it as a petty decision. Uh, we had Kenny Omega come out with tweets basically uh, saying that it made him sick, that they would put the, the show or air the show on the WWE Network the same day as a charity event. And other fans came out and publicly demeaned WWE for the decision. Other fans... Uh, came to WWE's defense saying that it was a business decision and a decision that WWE wanted to help the fans. WWE helping fans, yes. Um, so what what did you think about WWE's decision to put Evolve 10th anniversary? You know, what, you know what it is. It's as, guys, okay, so I'm asking you a question. I'm going to get in, in moderator position for a second. <clears throat> Has there ever been two events on the same day that you wanted to go to. Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. Right. So what kind of makes this any different where they decide to air Evil? Now, you don't have to watch it like how anyone, like you don't have to watch it at the same time. Or you could if you got high tech shit, got two TVs, go for it. But I just feel like, is it, a, I don't feel like it's a penny. But I feel like with WWE, at times they, they plan they plan stuff in advance. All right, all right. And now they right. might have announced Cut it. The shit. Kind of like oh Cut kind the of shit. shady. Cut the shit. Kind of shady. Plan. But I think that with the partnership they have involved, and honestly, yeah, they just hired people last week. You talking about plan? <laughs> they just hired people last week. You talking about plan? But hiring. How long? Yo, they making these moves on how, the fly. Moves are happening on the all fly. Like how long they've been talking to Eric Bishop and Paul? No, we don't know that. We we can assume and be like, oh, this shit just happened out of nowhere. We can't. Are, are we, we can really, always assume are we, that. Are we really going there? No, I'm just saying. I, I, really I'm there. the person where you gotta look at both sides. No. Yeah. Like it's not really no. no. Fuck WWE side. Are you serious? We look at both sides. Look at both sides. Look at both sides. They hired people a week ago. They did two executive roles. They did two biggest shows on network television. Okay. And you go say talk about how long they planned something? But you don't know that. They, I don't know that. They just made this decision two days before this podcast. <laughs> I don't 
Said that this evolved event was in the in the works for a while. That it wasn't a decision uh, based on AEW fight for the fallen. So she does have credence to think in this devil advocate way. But I mean, let's go all the way back to I don't know 1988. When WWE decided to run Survivor Series, why? Why did they decide to run Survivor Series? Oh, it was because it was the same day as WCW Stark. Starcat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's. We can go back to. Uh, well, let's talk about coming up on on August thirty first. Uh, all AEW All Out in Chicago. WWE decides to announce that NXT UK Takeover Cardiff will be on the same exact day, which is on the same day as that New Japan. Show as the too. New Japan That's Royal actually in Plus. the UK. Yes. So. So they screwed themselves on that one. So as we've seen, the petty moves don't always work in their favor. They do, they don't. That's the whole that's the whole notion about being petty. Like it, it may work for you, it may not work for you. But But I agree with her that there is some business decision behind it as well. This evolved they they have been talking about putting evolve on the WWE network Yo, for a while. Having- and this way, this is why I say it's a business decision and it's a smart decision. If Evolve has a better show, show than AEW Fight for the Fallen, WWE wins. If Evolve doesn't have a better show than AEW yeah. Fight for the Fallen, that's their out. Hey, we didn't even bring out our big guns. We put out our secondary partnership, our feeder system. We put out, our, we put out below our developmental system. We put out the, very the, the promotion we use to, to recruit for the developmental system. It's a very good bottom. Like, shout out to Evolve. They were just here this weekend here in New York on Saturday and Sunday. And we went to the show on Sunday. And I thought it was like once again you you see guys that you, you see you see like Undisputed Era was there, um, Tyler, Breeze. Tyler Breeze was there, uh, so you see guys you know, but then you see guys you don't know, like you, you might have never known. So I think, and I'm actually really excited about this Evolve ten like ten year anniversary card because they the have Adam Cole versus Baby for the NXT chip like that alone I was like oh they're trying to they, they, big guns is coming out I mean I like the I like the the announcement of Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak uh if you are not title match if you're if you're a ball fan you know these are two members the original members of Catchpoint which is one of the biggest uh stables in evolve history so that's going to be a great match uh, the announcement of a title versus title, the WWN title versus the Evolve Championship 
Austin Theory, our boy Austin Theory, Austin versus, versus J.D. Drake. That's going to be a great match as well. So this card is really like building up. I think we're going to talk about that more on the next True Hill Heat as well as AEW Fall, Fight for the Fallen. But what did you, talk to J.J., think about Kenny Omega Sweeps reacting to uh, this announcement? And do you think that he was in the right in putting out these tweets, these public comments about his feelings about WWE making this decision with him being an executive vice president for AEW. Just be fucking used to it by now. Like, I mean, they're going to continuously poke at y'all. No matter what y'all put out as a product, WWE is going to poke at y'all. That's why I'm kind of loving these petty moves because it gives us the chance to see how AEW reacts to it. But I feel so like WWE's not going to be the only ones to poke at them. Yeah, but, but that, they don't no, want that. No, there's plenty more, but they're the only ones that matter. It's they're the only true. ones that matter. No one else matters at this point. Like, nobody bad. gives a shit if ROH pokes. No one cares if Impact pokes. And quite frankly, as good as they are, as great as they are, people don't really care if New Japan pokes because it's going to happen at 3 o'clock in the fucking morning. (laughs) No one is going to care. Unless 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 they're in Dallas for the first time. Unless they're in the States, which doesn't happen often, which happens like once or twice a year for them. But do you not think that that's that's one of the reasons why it's in America this time? Because... They know what's going on. The, the landscape of wrestling, when AEW started, the landscape of wrestling kind of shifted because they pulled people from everywhere. Kenny just needs to just shut the fuck up and just run his business. I agree. Like, like, I, I agree. I'm no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm just sorry because they're going to keep doing this. I got to keep and the same you energy. Are, and you, you can't, you can't are the you you Dude, you're the best wrestler in the world. Stop thinking you have this great business mind. You don't. But see, but that's what happens when you, you have a you wrestlers running a company. You, but no, no, but that's well, well, no, 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 I don't no, mind don't that. that. I don't mind. No, I don't care about that. that I'm not. I'm not talking about that because no. But I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm going at with Kenny is that he, Kenny isn't any good at this. So shut up. Just wrestle. Because you're not good at this poking shit. Because what you're saying is so cliche and so corny, no one gave a fuck about it. No, I didn't even Just because you come up with this little cheesy line, no matter how good of a wrestler you are, if it's corny, it's corny. Just shut up. Just fucking get in the ring and do your thing. Become fucking uh, Akuma and fucking get in the ring and wrestle with Ken and Ryu. Like, what the fuck? Like, shut up. So let's hear from the spotlight and the true hero. That's how you're in a segment. All right, Sir Wilkins is on fire. Hey, Sir Wilkins, other job to Hey, my toxic brother. He agrees with JJ. Kenny is sensitive, and he says JJ must be sober because he is making sense. Nah, this is actually my second full cup, brother. This shit is getting body. You crazy? Always makes sense. I feel like I'm on that jobber. You need to come on here when I'm on here. SP, make that happen. Going to the place you already? No. You, there's four seats. Do you see this seat right here? There's another seat well, there's right not, here. Well, there's not enough space. Right here. Right here, <laughs> you know, right here, here sir. He's a big no pose. He's a big I don't know about I don't know about that shawl that's on there. I don't know who shawl. That's probably baby Seth shawl. <laughs> That's probably it's probably making it's, it's cold shirt. in here, guys. This is chilly. Yeah. Go, <laughs> it's a little nippy. Going a little further back, he also said, Can Sid let her talk, please? That would be And Jamie Tannock says, WWE can't lose their entire take viewers away from AEW. If they don't, it's not an official WWE show, so it's really not an embarrassment from them if AEW all draws, which it will. 
Yeah, yeah, that's why I said it was a it was a good decision to put it uh, to make it the evolve event because even if it doesn't have a better show or it doesn't outdraw, I love that. Oh, uh, they're, 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 they're out, oh, is on. that it's the feeder it's system. Like it's not their story. top guns. It's not NXT. It's not Raw. It's good. not SmackDown. It's not even 205 Live in NXT UK. They're good. So. Last bit of uh, news we got to run through. We've already talked about AJ Styles turning heel in the club reforming. Yeah, did that happen? We also talked about Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley's big explosion to kick off Raw. We talked about Kevin Owens' babyface turn question mark on uh, SmackDown. That was very confusing. Uh, Maria Kanellis announces she is pregnant. What after, the fuck was that? After the one of the strangest, the strangest, angles plus burials. It's like watching it. a car crash, but you can't take your eyes off it. It's like I don't, I want to. How does this end? Yo, Maria should <laughs> never be on TV again. But you know what? She's the better mouthpiece than her. Husband. Yes, like, she is. At the end of the day, oh, so no, no. I'm not surprised. I apologize. I apologize. That, that, that's actually 100 percent correct. That she needs. She is. She needs. She needs. She needs. She needs better scripts. Because what that shit happened? I mean, she what did ask for. was that? She called herself a bitch. Though. I love. I loved everything leading up into the pregnant part. Because the pregnant part happened, and then it got awkward because she was just like, "Because well, you're pre- not a man, I don't even know how you got me pregnant." No, but the bitch, pregnant yes, you part, do. because of yes, pregnant, you do. No, what's funny is it because the pregnant part was the up. pregnant part is real. So she's actually pregnant. And then, and then the Becky, way, Becky no sell. So Thank you, odd. Becky no sell. Like she literally so tapped, She did this to her stomach. I was just like, did could you could you? Becky's the worst. She's so worst. One, one of the worst actresses I've the seen. Worst. Like that shit just blew. Me. I was like, what the fuck? What uh, the fuck was that? David Starr gets heat from WWE after stomping on the WWE UK title at an OTT event oh versus God. Walter. Very equivalent to throwing a title in the trash. It was. Uh, <laughs> Ali reportedly has surgery this week. Uh, that's He's been out because uh, because of the surgery. He got the surgery this week. We've been seeing little vignettes building up Ali and a, a new character for him. Uh, we Thank had... God. Our boy, me and Janelle, we had shots with him during WrestleMania weekend. Trash. Davey Boy Smith Jr., he gets offers from All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Noah after officially leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling earlier this month. Uh, well, earlier last month. And finally... <laughs> your fave. Your fave. Come on, tell the people. Tell me about home. Your fave. The Undertaker returned. <laughs> He saved Roman Reigns. Say it again. Saved Roman Reigns. Say it again. Say those a lot. Those in the back, they can't hear you. And apparently, he, he sets what? up a he tag. Said Roman. He sets up a tag you. team match at Extreme Rules in Philadelphia versus <laughs> Drew McIntyre and the best in the world. No, you got it. You didn't say it right. The best in the world. Shane. Yo. I am so annoyed by this. Undertaker, she claimed to me before WrestleMania 34, oh, Undertaker's coming back because he's a draw. He's a draw. Then why the hell is Extreme Rules giving out two for one fucking tickets, even with the Undertaker, on the headline? Let's budget. The fuck? 
So so this I mean, is so so, so so this is Vince McMahon saying one last book. No, this is Vince One this last is book. Vince <laughs> Let me get one last book. More checks for the bullshit he pulled that he gave him at Saudi. This is his like, yo, you know what? My bad. My bad bro. Yeah, he fucked up too though. I should have did that. Keep that same energy. He no, fucked I, up too. Yeah. He did. He nah. did. Oh, him and Goldberg equally fucked up in Saudi. Not equally. Please, please, yo, it was yo, no, 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 no
why the fuck would you market and advertise a wrestling show in Tacoma? Tacoma usually gets a good a good turnout. Like, it was just a shitty a shitty presentation on I the pay per view. It came off of the Super Showdown, which got bad publicity. So it had a lot of things working against it. Just it just was well. It was not well put together. Put in the comment section, guys, especially on our YouTube channel, cruiserweight title or the U.S. title. What was the I'm best gonna match say, I'm gonna from say Stomping US. I'm going to say U.S. JJ says the U.S. title. Janelle says the cruiserweight championship. I'm going to say the MVP of the night was definitely Ricochet. Anything from the spotlight to True Hills before we move Give on the to the points. next event? Two things. Jamie Tonic says. You. <laughs> I forget that Tonic that you're a part of that because we don't see you as much. I told you, so, I, I told you when I disappear, I so fucking low disappear. Key, like when Heavy Machinery got into this whole triple threat shape for this, for, uh, make sure you was, I was like, ooh, points. Yes. Points. Give me points. <laughs> Right, Jamie Tonic says, I thought the Kofi Cage exit was the best ending of a cage match in years until I watched NXT last week and Io versus Shayna yes. had one of the best endings ever. Jamie. Well, she, oh, okay, Jamie. She, okay. You, you, always, you always know how to ruin something. It had one of the best cage endings in WWE in a while. Yes, I will say. That was that cage match between Shirai but and But I mean, if we're great. talking about Clever, the last, like, between it's Kofi, and, and honestly, Shane taking the shirt off shit was hilarious, though. Like, that to me, I was like, oh, that's typical Shane shit. And I'm sorry, everyone wants to forget that Shane yeah. versus Miss cage match. I don't know why it happened, but well, I Why did you bring that up? Because it was clever how he got out of the fucking No, this is the same woman. This is the same woman at Supercard of Honor 2018. Her favorite moment was Billy Ray turning here. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. She was great. When he owed the, what was it on? I almost said hamburger. Her favorite, moment of our, her favorite moment of all. Her favorite moment of ROH Final Battle 2018 <laughs> was the Sandman coming yes. out. Yeah, oh, Mark Almona of 2018. Because, yo, we went in the dark for how long? And I was just sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you, you really, like, typically when the lights go out at a show, you can see the person. You can see who's coming in. I fucks with you, dude. You yeah. can't see not a fucking thing until the lights hit, and it was fucking sad, man. I was like, ECW, like, come on. That's how, that's what I, that's how I became a wrestling fan. So, I'm sorry. That, I'm that was my I'm with you. I'm with Speak you. up. I'm going to up. I'm just saying. Speaking that being ringside, I was like, oh, shit. Perfect, perfect segue. Speaking of ROH, we got to get into uh, their last big event. I want so much better for them. It was Ring of Honor, Best in the World 2019. <laughs> their biggest <laughs> moments. Uh, number one, I would have to say, is Flip Gordon joining Villain Enterprises after uh, Villain Enterprises successfully yes. defended the six-man tag team titles against Lifeblood. It looked like Flip Gordon was going to join Lifeblood, but instead he joined uh, Villain Enterprises. Very good. Unfortunately, on the 450 splash to end the angle, he did injure his elbow and may be out for a number of months. Unfortunately. Wow. So, Flip, stop yeah. injuring yourself. Please yeah. thank you. Seriously. Stop. Bruno needs you for the points. Uh, Eli Drake. <laughs> Look at Bruno. Yo, Bruno scored like 12 points last week. <laughs> <laughs> yo, so, wait, have yo, you guys... His whole team wait, is on ice support. Because I've explained it on our podcast, on the Java Series podcast, whenever we talk about points. Have you guys told your viewers... About we we our secret like secret society wrestling fantasy league. We kind of have uh, <laughs> talked about it a little. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it more in detail probably at the end of the year. <laughs> okay, when, good. when we pull it well, out officially to the to the to the viewers and everything. Nah, like you know what's up because the two heels got some copyright to do. Exactly. You gotta keep it low key. You know. You well, I'm excited for the whole thing. Let me tell you something. ESPN hears about this shit. He's going to get swept under the rug like a thief exactly. in the night. Exactly. I'm not trying to get my money. And, and, and guess who ain't going to get a hashtag? Well, guess who ain't going to get an act? Guess who ain't going to get an act? 
We are the only ones. They are. They might be other ones that's doing it, but they might just be doing wins and losses. And yeah, and honestly, they're they're doing it probably not in a way like we do. Like for I feel like for us, it's so much more fun, especially because we know each other. When you do fantasy leagues and stuff like that, whether it's like football, basketball, you don't know the people. Like it's just like I just have my team. Like no, like for us, it's like. I got more points than you. In your face. It definitely makes the, the, the Legends viewing parties a lot more fun. <laughs> it does, because we always Because you, you can tell who has who by <laughs> how excited they get when people win. When you mark out to a potential like Rapungi 3K entrance, <laughs> you have wrestling fantasy issues. <laughs> <laughs> you much. have issues. Pretty much. I got Rapungi 3K. <laughs> I'm so, so mad because fucking Larry had Brock. Oh, absolutely. Fuck. When Brock got money to bank, I was like, oh, you can't be fucking kidding me. Either. Eli Drake, uh, he signs with uh, NWA at Best in the World, and he teamed with uh, Nick Aldis to verse uh, the Briscoes. Them boys. Them boys. The Briscoes continuing their feud against NWA at Best in the World, and they're going to be versing G.O.D. at the Manhattan Center at Manhattan Mayhem coming up this coming month. Uh, Shane Taylor retained the TV title against Bandito, and then finally in the main event, very controversial and probably the topic that's most been talked about since this pay-per-view. Absolutely. ROH world champion Matt Taven ends the undefeated streak in ROH of oh. Jeff Cobb in the main event for the world title. What was your thoughts on uh, Jeff Cobb's undefeated streak being ended by Matt Taven really? and this 10-minute main event that really got a lot of heat that's from the fans? I just want to be like ROH. That's what we really doing. That's, that's for real. That's hey. the route you want to go. Okay. That's cool. It could have ended and it could have been in controversial fashion, but to give somebody that has been as hot as Jeff Cobb a 10 minute main event and just explains, just explains the direction that I mean, he's the world champion, so I, I understand it being the world champion. That match should have happened, but, 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 but the fact that he could have put on an hour long match with Jay Lethal. And then you got somebody that is as capable of stealing the show with Jeff Cobb, and you give him a lackluster ass, non bullshit, paid attention to 10 minute main event that ended his winning streak. That that doesn't, it, it's like, it clearly. So that that right there, that moment just gave me the, 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 the green light to say ROH is dying. I've been trying to hang on to it because it was one of those things that you know they're going to go through a rough year when they lose the entire they league. Lose when, they lose the elite, when they lose the entire league, you know they're going to go through a struggle. But that's what I'm telling you. But their, struggles, but their struggles are leading to hard. Horrible choices, and and they made an even worse decision because Delirious. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I said it on heated opinion again. I'll say it right now. Delirious is the worst booker in American pro wrestling right now, and they made it worse by putting Bully Ray and Joey Mercury in creative positions that have even more power than Delirious. Two people that are seem to be just as just bad. Don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you talk about throwing shit on the table. Like, that's throwing shit on the table. The only thing that I honestly <laughs> think I've liked about Ring of Honor is honestly the partnership with, with NWA. And NWA kind of rebranding itself, kind of refreshing itself after almost, like, 30 fucking years. Like, I think the partnership is good. I think it helps with 
all most of the talent kind of mm. being taken by mm. AEW kind mm. of. But just mm. the way that they're positioned, like mm. they gotta do better. And y'all already know how I feel about that woman division. Mm. Like horrid, like horrid woman. Yeah, like seriously, if you're gonna do a division, do it right. Shout out to Maria Manic for I mean, uh, debuting at ROH. I, I, mean, well I mean, and Tasha Steele. Well, she did, uh, the TV tape, but she yes. did. Yes. I mean, I mean, truthfully, NWA shouldn't even be around no more. Like, let's, I mean, let's just keep it 100. Let's just keep it 100. Let's keep it a stack. The only reason, yo, yo, NWA literally just latches on to people that, I mean, they got a couple, but most of their big stars is people that no one wants. I don't Yo, no one wanted Eli Drake. I was saying, yeah. Cut the bullshit. Well, Eli, no one wanted fucking Eli Drake. I, no, no one cared about Eli Drake. When they signed Eli Drake, I was like, so you basically are becoming the uh, home for ex-Impact champions. Because you got Eli Drake, you got Cowboy James Storm, you got Nick Aldis. Like, that's who made it. But, but, but that's they're becoming a wasteland. But so to always, basically help redevelop these wasted careers. But I just, I just feel like, why? If I don't feel like they're being wasted though. Like I feel like, especially I just, I just think differently. I'm excited about it because it's something new, it's something different, and honestly, it's, it's what's keeping ROH online support. It honestly is. Like I watched a TV taping the other night, and it was. Um, it was, I was like, why the fuck is Cole Cabana on TV? But cool. Wow. I was like, it was fucking Cole Cabana. <laughs> Yo, it, threw, it throws me off. And, and I saw Cole Cabana versus James Storm. And I was just like, Yo, what in the fuck am I watching? But if it wasn't an NWA sanctioned match, I would have never saw that. It's true. So I feel, like there, I feel like there are certain pieces, if they do it correctly, and that's always what it is. If it's done correctly, then you will enjoy it. I think giving, I think them having that, I think having a partnership with a certain company is, is, is good because it gives you that kind of morale. It gives you that kind of opportunity that you wouldn't have. Like, it's like evolved relationship with WWE. We wouldn't have the likes of, like, Dream. We wouldn't have, you know, Cole. We wouldn't have Riddle. Like, we wouldn't have those guys if it wasn't for Evolve. So, I feel like, you know, resurrecting NWA is not a bad thing. Just in my opinion. They're not a resurrected. They, they, they. You know what they are? They like their lips is above the water. I don't know where they were going with that. They weren't. I was like, their lips is above the water, and they catch the arms and they catch it. Their lips is and they catch in the air. My God, they are not being revived. All right. Well, match of the night it was uh, Bandito versus uh, Shane Taylor. If there's one spot from the show you need to see, you need to see Shane Taylor attempting a crossbody to Bandito, and Bandito caught him. Yes, like Bandito. And what? At, at 170 pounds, Bandito caught big ass 350 pounds Shane Taylor sure and, did. And, and did not even like stumble. He caught him and just stood there. That was amazing. Hmm. And uh, the MVP, even though he got injured, it was definitely uh, was Flip Gordon. Flip Gordon becoming a part of uh, Villain Enterprises. But a note, a spoiler alert from the ROH TV taping the following night, uh, Cowboy James Storm, like she just said, he defeated Colt Cabana to become the new NWA national champion. Colt Cabana was uh, supposed to be out with an injury, so it was an impromptu match, but Cowboy James Storm got the victory there. 
Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling had two big events. Uh, their first ever pay-per-views big-time events in Australia. It was called Southern Showdown. Night one featured one of the best matches I've seen all year, which was Will Ospreay versus Robbie Eagles for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Some of the best storytelling and action in this match. It was great, amazing. Will Ospreay getting the victory in that one. Uh, G.O.D. retained the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Was really good. It was really a good match. Against Juice Robinson and Mikey Nichols, uh, we also had uh, El Fantasmo retain the IW uh, his no Rev, uh, Revolution Pro Cruiserweight Championship against Rocky Romero, and then on night two, the big story it was Chaos getting the victory over Bullet Club. Uh, the Chaos members being Kazuka Okada and uh, Will Ospreay teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi to first the Bullet Club members of Jay White, Bad Luck Fale, and Robbie Ingles. After the match, the Bullet Club attacked and Robbie Ingles officially became a babyface and joined Chaos, betraying the Bullet Club. So dun, dun, dun. that one was a very interesting show for sure. I would say the match of the week with those two shows was Ospreay versus Eagles and the MVP was of course Robbie Eagles. Eagles. Great storytelling by New Japan with the whole Robbie Eagles turning babyface. This was a couple of months in the making. They teased it in the New in the New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors tournament and then paid it off in Robbie Eagles' home country of Australia. So that was great. So let's get into AEW Fire Fest. The second big event from All Elite Wrestling was this past weekend, this past Saturday, and quite the mixed bag it was. It started off the night <laughs> with HOG, House of Glory, shouts out to Yes, those. Private Party getting yeah. a full-time contract off of this match that was on the pre-show. See, people appreciate pre-shows out here. They came out and basically kind of stole, stole the show a little bit. They showed, they showed everyone there who they are, so shout out to them. Being, you know, from New York, being from House of Glory. Shout out to Red and Brian XL. Um, Shout out to Wilkins. Sir Wilkins. We see you out there. Um, you're a wrecking crew. You know, a lot of people that come out of um, HLG. So it was really good to see Private Party in that light. But the pre-show took a big nosedive yeah. right after that. <laughs> the librarian gimmick of Leva Bates and Peter Avalon completely killed the crowd. Because uh, it's weird. It's weird as it's fuck. Weird as fuck. <laughs> no one seems to get it. And then that match between Allie and Leva Bates was pretty bad. It was one of the worst matches, women's matches I've seen all year long. And that's uh, a lot for you. Yeah, yeah. And I watch <laughs> WWE a lot. So that, yeah, that's I'm like, oh. Allie, Allie tried, but Leva Bates is not that good. She's not, she's not that good. There's a reason why she got cut from NXT. It is it is what it is. And then one of the even more embarrassing matches of the year, we had uh Jabali, which is the CEO of CEO Gaming Convention. He went one-on-one with Michael Nakazawa in a hardcore comedy match wow. that was embarrassing to watch. Why did we do that? If you watched it with a non-wrestling fan, you would have been embarrassed. It would have been very cringeworthy to watch. They had plastic flamingos being used as weapons. Why? Thank why the Lord. Oh, I didn't see any of this. All I will say is that I'm gonna keep the same energy. AEW, cut this shit out. Cut this shit out. We do not need to see a non-wrestler versus Michael Nakazawa for ten-minute hardcore. Match. That definitely we, doesn't that remind you of a certain you know WCW World Champion, you know what David? Oh no 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 no. That's not the same. 
They put the world title on David Arquette. But I mean, in terms of a, a non-wrestler. <laughs> they put to. they put a non-wrestler on the pre-show. If you're going to put a non-wrestler on the show, put him on the pre-show. I I got the thinking on it. Can't but, have them follow Private Party, though. But yeah, yeah. If Private Party's match probably should have main evented the pre-show, not been the first match on the pre-show. I think, but honestly speaking, I think it shouldn't have it been on the pre-show. I think because, especially with their focus being tag teams right now, that should have probably it should have been the main event, or like second to last. Well, I guess I, I can see it on the main show, but definitely not towards the end of the card. I think they they pretty much have been getting down the formula of the top three matches. They've been getting it good, for, especially with the first two events. Uh, so a couple of notes from the main show: we had Shima get a, a Shima get a victory over Christopher Daniels, setting up Shima's mm-hmm. match with Kenny Omega at mm-hmm. Fight for the Falling. We had. Uh, I think it was Riho. Riho got the victory in the three-way uh, women's match. We had a little bit of a of a little a scuffle between Riho and Yuka Sakasawi, so we might be setting up a match between those two. Uh, Hangman Page won a, fa- a fatal four-way Why? against MJF, who cut one of the best heel promos of the year. Yes. Fan chanting, you suck. And he says, well, your mother swallows is the best response to that any heel <laughs> has given a you suck yet ever. Ever, ever. And for that period. reason alone, I am not trading MJF. <laughs> and, and I definitely think I asked you about it too, but I actually wore for MJF. MJF has literally earned me no points yet. He has earned me no points. But he will. But like, that man, man is you just see star written on this Absolutely. kid. Absolutely. He's young. Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy Havoc with the uh, was in that match as well. I'm really the star of the match to me was Jungle Boy. Right, and that's who I thought should have won. Like I was like, I felt MJF should have won to, to I, give him his well, first victory. At the end of the day, but, I don't think Heyman Page should have won. No, not <laughs> like, be, but but it made sense for him to win because he's in the world title match. But it's like. Then why haven't even in the match with the three of them? Like it was just I, like, I it didn't make He shouldn't have been in the match to begin with. Yeah, like he really shouldn't have been in that match. It's weird. And no reason that He's about to go into a feud with Chris Jericho. Why is he in this match? I mean, this match uh, did set up him versus Kip Sabian for the fight for the Fallen show. So I see that they are trying to build him up with momentum going into All Out when he versus Chris Jericho. Bomb to Y2J. I appreciate it. Hey, Chris Jericho puts the eyes on the company. He's the perfect first champion. Following that, we had a great star-making performance by Darby Allen versus Cody in a time limit draw. I did not expect that. I definitely expected this to be an easy win for Cody. But the real story from that whole uh, performance and that whole Ten. was, yes, Sean Spears I coming out with an unprotected oh, chair God, no. shot to the skull of Cody, splitting him open, getting him 10 stitches to the back of the skull. Apparently, they gimmicked gimmicked the chair, but the part that wasn't gimmicked hit the back of uh, Cody's head, splitting him open. So, but that sets up Sean Spears versus Cody for All Out. What did you guys think of that? I think it's good. I honestly, I kind of interested to seeing the Sean Spears being the bad guy and coming in and and kind of being like, well, I'm I'm this guy that doesn't really fuck with you and I'm gonna beat you up kind of. Like, I like the heel version of him because you know all we knew was like him counting his fucking 10 yeah so like right now now i'm intrigued i'm like okay and you know hopefully the promos match everything like i just i want to see the correct build up for it that's all i'm gonna say 
well, I like how they set it up in in a very like very. It was very a subtile way, which was uh, on the road to fight for the fallen. If, if oh no, the road for uh, Fighter Fest. If you don't have a subscription to the Nightmare Family, which is uh, Cody and Brandy's uh, YouTube channel, definitely subscribe to them because the road to shows are definitely great and it helps you like stay in touch with AEW and understand what's going on. So they did a promo package for Sean Spears when he officially signed with AEW. Uh, Cody was there with uh, QT Marshall, which is like his assistant, and he basically said, oh, this guy is going to be a good hand. He's going to be a good hand for the company, a good worker. He could potentially become a good coach for us in the future. So basically undermining Sean right, Spears. Like sure so, so that set up, that set up Sean Spears basically doing this attack on Cody. So then following that, we had the big six-man tag team matchup. I, I'm, I'm sorry, if you want to see a video game equivalent of a wrestling match, this was it. We had the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega coming out as Street Fighter Street characters, Ryu. Ken, Ryu, and Akuma versus Laredo Kid and the Lucha Bros, and Spots Galore, Destroyers, Super Kicks. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to go into the details. It was no, ridiculous. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little crazy. But it was definitely the match of the night, in my opinion. And then, of course, the final match of the night was John Moxley's debut in AEW versus versus Joey Janela. Joey Janela with a, a, a great spar making performance by him as well. Yes. That elbow drop from the top of the ladder was ridiculous. Those bumps into the barbed wire. Oh, man. You, you know what I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. With that joy, I was hoping I was gonna hear that for the jiggles and jigglets and I hope he was going fuck this shit. I was hoping he was gonna do that. I was really hoping he was gonna be superhuman during that that spot right there because he's done that spot before to Joey Ryan and I thought he was gonna bring it I mean he jumped off like a fucking 90 foot ladder I thought he was just gonna just yell out fuck this shit and just kill himself I really thought he was gonna do it I was like as he was climbing I was like where are you going where where, what are you doing stop get down like I was just like get down and he just kept going up and then he went I was like well you got down alright I'm sorry those thumbtack spots were ridiculous they were a bit wide yo he took his shoes and socks off the dumb tags was in his heels. <laughs> and that shit hurts. That hurts like, more than anything. experience like dumb tags like on the floor just mistakenly in the house, that shit hurts. Yes. That's like um, not equivalent, but it's definitely the same borderline as Legos. That shit hurts. Yes. <laughs> that yes. shit hurts. So. It was it was definitely a, a, a ouch moment. I was I was watching it with my girlfriend and she was cringing at that. She was like she's experienced the thumbtacks in her foot. That's what I'm saying. So like you, ha- like, oh. you haven't. I'm not saying do it, but I'm just saying like you would you can relate. Like that shit is not fun. Absolutely, I would say the MVPs for sure. Of the show is either between John Moxley and Darby Allen. John Moxley. You say John Moxley. Who do you His say? Is I mean, I mean, I mean the fact that John Moxley can be looked at as a joke that had Mitch to plan. Can can and then turn around literally a couple years later to be have a to have a chant. You sick fuck. You sick fuck. I know he. You sick that fuck. was one of the greatest moments that, of his that, wrestling career. Like, because you know he's been waiting he's a been couple waiting of years to be shit. called a sick fuck again. So, shouts out to to John Moxley for that. So, I would agree with that. Let's hear from the spotlight and the true heels. Two things. Jamie Tonic says. The pre-show was basically a live episode of BTE. Wasn't the best choice to draw new viewers in. <laughs> no, I would... Uh, Jamie, BTE is funny. That was not funny. That, that was like... A, that was like the WWE Network version of BTE. That's what the pre-show was. And Sir Wilkins asked, what do you think they will do with the librarian gimmick? Uh, nothing. 
Absolutely. Try it again. Try and something different. Need to kill it. I, I feel like it's leading to like a love story between Peter Avalon and Lima Bates. This is this is more of AEW trying more of the goofy storyline uh, storytelling, good, which man. is not what we need. We want y'all to be the sports heavy promotion. So stop with the goofy sports entertainment I don't shit. Like, nah, I don't want it. Anything else? Jamie Tannock also says, Cody versus Darby was my match of the night. Some of the bumps Darby took had me shook, and I thought they'd have him lose, so the draw ending was a shock. Elite match was a close second. Well, no, the draw, I think, makes sense because it doesn't make neither one of them look weak. Yeah, and it, it, actually, so, it actually, in essence, uh, put over Darby's yeah. uh, body bag at the beginning of the show because technically, Cody is one and one. One, one win, one draw. So yeah. he did. He did accomplish his goal in in that. So I mean, Jesus Christ! I'm just saying. Like, if this kid takes bumps like that, he ain't gonna last five. Years. That coffin drop mm. onto yeah, the apron was takes, ridiculous. He takes bumps like that. That kid is not gonna last five years. He takes bumps like that. He's just gonna have to the, the, the the one that was more sickening to me was when he got thrown out the ring and he hit the ring post and just splatted onto the floor. What a great bump! I was like, holy <laughs> he take fuck! Like you're not yo, your body's not supposed to smack the ground like that. Like at that speed. Like yeah. the best the best way I can describe Darby Allen. Try it, man. That, that Try that shit. For no, people that didn't I see that in my mind at this. So <laughs> try try that stuff, shit. No, for people that didn't see Fighter Fest, I can describe Darby Allen as a mix between Spike Dudley, Jeff Hardy, and Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's 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 it's a good mixture, yeah, the pot. Yeah. That's that's what Darby Allen. Uh, so we got to get into what's next. We're going to run through our predictions and preview for the two big events this weekend in Dallas, Texas. First, tomorrow, we got New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 29 opener. If you don't know what New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax is, it is the best premier tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling, arguably in all of professional wrestling. It is 20 guys in two different blocks. 10, 10, pe- 10 uh, guys for each block. You have to purge each person in your block, so nine matches. The guys with the best overall record or the most points at the end wow. of all nine matches, the uh, two finalists from each block will verse at the final event, and the winner of that will get a shot at the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Tokyo Dome, at Wrestle Kingdom, like Janelle from HR said. This event in Dallas is the first time the G1 Climax will take place in the United States any of the nights, so we got to get into it. Shout out to anyone that's there in Dallas. Like, I know a few people that have actually flown between yesterday and today that actually are in Dallas, Texas for the G1 um, Climax. So shout out to you guys that are out Shout outs to Carissa and Jacqueline, two of our friends. We met in uh, San Francisco last year. They're out in Dallas, Texas for the G1 Climax 29 opener. Uh, these, well, first we got a couple of prelim tag team matches before the top five tournament matches. We got Rapungi 3K, which is the former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, showing Yo, who versus the IWGP and ROH Tag Team Champions, the Gorillas of Destiny. Who do you got? GLD. Nobody fucking with Gorillas, huh? <laughs> who you got, JJ? I mean, this is definitely GLD. GLD all around. Shouts out to Tama. Uh, we got Shoto Omino, who was supposed to be teaming with John Moxley, but he will be teaming with Tomohiro Ishii, and they will be versing Ren Narita and Jeff Cobb. This is previewing Ishii versus Cobb, which is going to be on the first uh, B block night and in Japan when they get back to Japan. Who you got in this one? Um, you know, I'm just 
gonna go Jeff Cobb. Of course, your boo. Mom. Um, <laughs> who I saw outside my hat said, I was like, where you going? Where you going? Take this picture with me real quick. <laughs> who you got, JJ? I'm gonna go with Ishii's team. I'm gonna go with Ishii and Aminu. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna agree with Janelle from HR. I'm gonna go with Narita and Cobb. We got Yoshihashi teaming up with Hiroki Goto to verse Chase Owens and Jay White. This previews Jay White versus Goto on the first B Block night. Who do you got in this one? I'm gonna say Owens and White. I'm 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 just personally just cheering for the crown jewel right now. So I I wanna see them win this match. I'm I don't I'm really you know, switchblade I'm kinda of falling off one a little bit. But I wanna see the, I, I wanna see the crown jewel get some shine, man. Our boy Chase Owens, check out our interview on our YouTube channel. Yes, I'm gonna go with Chase Owens and Jay White winning this one. And we got the last Palem match is gonna be Jushin Thunder Liger teaming up with Juice Robinson and Tori Yano to verse the LIJ trio of Bushi, Shingo Tagagi, and Tensuya Naito, the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. This is previewing a couple of different matches. We got Naito versus Yano coming up on the first B Block night. We got Shingo versus Juice. Who you got in this one? I'm gonna go with Liger, Robinson, and Yano. Yano. I'm gonna say Yeo. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh, that's fortunate. I'm gonna actually agree with with, with Miss Janelle here. I'm gonna go with Liger, Robinson, and Yano because I think Naito's gonna pay him back in the in the blocks. Yeah. I think I think Lij is gonna win this one. Lij always have fun uh, six man, eight man tag team matchups, and this is gonna be no different. But we gotta get into the G one climax twenty nine A block opening matchups. We got first the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion and the best wrestler in the world, in my opinion, Will Osprey. I'm glad you put that disclaimer. My opinion. He's the best wrestler in the world. If you don't if you don't know, then you need to start watching. Uh, and he's going to be versing the hometown boy in Lance Archer. Who you got in this one? Will Ospreay. Come on. You got Will Ospreay. Who you got in this one, JJ? I mean, the man's the best in the world. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> not choosing any other route. I mean, it's kind of stupid. He's the best wrestler in the world, but he's a junior heavyweight in the heavyweight division versus a guy in his hometown. I'm going with Lance Archer. You got to build up. It's all about the story in New Japan and him being one of the top baby faces. He's got to have a little bit of a struggle in his first G1. Who you got? Evil versus Bad Luck Fale. I got Evil. Bad Luck Fale just is a win these types of matches, so I'm definitely going with Evil. I'm going to stick with the Bullet Club in our theme of uh, picking people that we've interviewed before. <laughs> Shouts out to Bad Luck Fale in our interview on our YouTube channel. I mean, I would I love like to see it. the fall. <laughs> I, I, would like love to see, I would love to see the fall happen, but I, I, don't, just, I just think it's going to happen after the match for some reason. Who we got? We got next, Zack Sabre Jr., the Red Pro. Zack Sabre Jr. Brilliant. <laughs> Well, Hashtag we, points. We, we know Janelle's vote. Uh, the <laughs> British heavyweight champion, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata from LIJ. Uh, of course, you're going with Z, ZSJ. My number one overall pick. Why would I not? Who are you going with, JJ? Uh, ZSJ. Going with ZSJ. Uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with ZSJ as well. It's not hating. It's literally it's common sense. I'm agreeing with you. I, I'm going with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, it's common sense. It's not hate. No this one is How? a match I'm very much I'm voting for, for you to get points. <laughs> How is that hate? I still want someone on your team though, so we gotta talk about this. 
They're, they're, they're negotiating fantasy wrestling right now. Uh, first, this is a first time matchup I'm very much looking forward to. We got Koto Obushi versus Kenta. Kenta's first match outside of the WWE. Who do you got Welcome in this back. one? Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm going to go with Kenta. Actually. Kenta's going to lose. I'm going with Koda. I'm going with Kenta as well. Oh, I, think, I think Kenta like needs that. this win. This yeah, is his he got to build his... his uh, he's back in New Japan. Whatever. Japan. Well, not back in New Japan. This is his first match in New Japan. He's, uh, a, he's a pro wrestling... Exactly why he's official, Aficionado, but he's coming over to New Japan for the first time, and he needs to get this victory. Probably going to be injured again. And this <laughs> one... Oh, damn. Jeez. I got to deal with... I tell you, I have no faith in this man. I have no faith in him. <laughs> oh, I have no faith in Kenta. About that in my Damn. Life. I have no Shit. faith in Kenta. This guy's horrible. Yo, Ken, Kenta. Why do you guys like him? I have no faith in Kenta <laughs> whatsoever. Oh like, my God. Whatsoever. IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kazuka Okada will go one on one with his arch enemy, his main rival of all his career, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi versus Okada for the first time ever in the United in the States. Who do you got in this one? Going with Okada. Who you got in this one, JJ? I'm gonna go with Tanahashi actually pulling the mild upset in this match. <laughs> this one is tough. Uh, Okada and Tanahashi are known for their G1 uh, draws because they, I think they've had two or three different time limit draws. If you know anything about these guys' career, they don't know how to have an under 30 minute match. They just don't. They just always, with the 30 minute time limit in the G1, they always go to a draw. But I feel like this year will be different and I'm gonna agree with Janelle from HR and I'm gonna go with Okada. I'm not gonna lie, like I think, you know, once again, I'm all about seeing like real life, like seeing, like we can always watch a match on, on TV. And you guys always talked about Okada, Okada, Okada. And I was just like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But seeing Okada for the first time in Madison Square Garden for G1 Supercard, it definitely made me a fan. Like I definitely saw what you guys talked about. At first I was like, oh, this is all hype. Fuck yes, I'm about. But being there, seeing it in person and, and kind of living it and having that experience, I'm like, Nah, like he's he's actually really dope. So and that energy in MSG for him from the entrance right. ridiculous. From, everything from the beginning to the end. You see? Where yeah. he all he spoke was two words of English mm-hmm. and the whole fucking mm-hmm. arena went crazy. So I'm just like Yeah, okay, I can fuck with it. I love it. I'm with it. So we gotta get into Impact Slammiversary. Oh, we gotta hear from the spotlight and the true hills, my producer says. Just two things. Jason Michael Campbell has two comments. SP3, you need to stop riding Will Ospreay's jockstrap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, the guy that's riding Triple H's jockstrap. Hey, hey, that's all about chokes. And he agrees with JJ. He has zero faith in Kenta either. Damn. Wow. You, you agree Tough with JM, JMC? Tough okay. Crowd. All right, you and JMC getting, getting along, I see. Why? Because he changes his name? I'm going to believe in him now? Get the no. fuck out of here. No, but okay. He never changed Well, let's move right along. Never he changed his name. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yo, he came to New Japan and didn't even cut his own promo. Get the fuck out of here with That's this nice. shit. Goodbye. Shibata Goodbye. Because he changes his name on that rug. His name is Kenta in all caps. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it means something. Ah, he's yelling at you. Kenta. Kenta. Whatever, yo. He's going to sleep himself, and I'm in a coma on his ass. Wow. Let's, okay. let's run through Slammiversary. He came out before, there and, yeah, before JJ really gets yeah, up. I'm good. We got, next. 
We got Slammiversary is in Dallas, Texas. Slammiversary celebrating the anniversary for Impact Wrestling. This is now the 17th year for Impact Wrestling. And my oh my, what a journey it's been for Impact. Uh, yes, very much so. First blood match is one of the main matches on the card. We got a match that's been building up for a while. Eddie Edwards versus Killer Cross. So with Impact Wrestling, you know, if you haven't been on or seen us before, we like to explain to these guys what's going on with these matches because we understand it's on pursuit. Not all of our viewers watch Impact but Wrestling. But if you do, viewers, watch on YouTube, on their on Impact's YouTube page, they always have the top five moments yes. of every show that they do. So take it upon yourselves. Don't have these guys do all of the work. Take it upon yourselves. Watch it on the YouTube page. Catch up on, and it will tell you literally the five matches are little, the five top things of really the five matches that are happening that night. Or you could just Here. watch the, the the clips for each episode. That's right. what I do. Yeah, That's what I, I do. The same. I, I do both. So Eddie Edwards and Killer Cross have been feuding for a while. This feud centers around Kenny uh, Eddie, Eddie Edwards' uh, kendo stick, which he officially calls Kenny. It was broken by Killer Cross. Uh, uh, Sandman came into the picture and granted him a new Kenny, a new kendo stick. This led to Killer Cross kidnapping Sandman and uh, water poloing him, putting a towel over his head and pouring water over his head. Yeah, waterboarding. I'm sorry, water. I said water polo. Uh, so waterboarding uh, Sandman, which led to Eddie, Eddie coming to Eddie coming to Killer Cross and ripping his flesh off of his face, which now leads to this first blood match between Eddie Edwards and Killer Cross. Who do you got in this one? I love. This is why I love explaining these impact stories. Because every time he has a great reaction from our producer and top guy JJ. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go with Killer Cross because I, like I went to the tapings. I didn't even know all this. <laughs> really? Oh shit! I, I do better than Impact at the tapings. <laughs> we got it. What the fuck did you just say? Who you got? Come across the Eddie Eddie Edwards. Sandman. You're annoying. I'm gonna pick the Kendall stick. Cross or Edwards? Come on. Listen. I gotta go. Get it together, yeah. <laughs> we got a hot date. Killer Cross, I guess. I guess you get it. Killer Cross? Killer Cross, yeah. Killer Cross across the board. Oh Killer Cross has been going through contract disputes what, what with Impact. About it that really got you? So they need to get... Everything! They need to get, Everything! They need to get him a win here. Is it the stick thing, Kenny? The, psycho, the, the psychopathic nonsense? The, the, it sounds like 17 so it's, It literally so sounds like 17 nuts. stories <laughs> tied up into one wrestling match so that involves a Kendall stick named Kenny. I mean, it's the same like when Al had head. Next up, we got an equal intergender match. It's going to be Tessa Blanchard going one-on-one with Sammy Callahan. This old feud started with uh, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, recently had a match against Disco Inferno, knocking out Disco. From there... Uh, what, yo, I still to this day, what the fuck they did dug up Disco Inferno? Hey, who knows? He's, he's, <laughs> been doing, he's been doing a podcast with, like, Xbox. It is, like, the most... Like, move into... Like, oh, move he into. had the match with uh, Scarlet... Um, with Scarlet, I was thinking... What the fuck did they dig up? It took me 10 minutes to realize it was Disco Inferno. I was thinking, like... Took a while. What? 
OVE started a feud with Scarlet and Falabala, which led to OVE about to attack Scarlet, which led to Tessa coming out for the same. Saving, yeah. This led to the whole feud between Sammy and Tessa. Te- uh, Sammy, Sammy talking down to the woman, uh, trying to abuse the woman's locker room. He went into the woman's locker room and started drinking and dirtying it up. Tessa stood up for the woman. And then recently on Impact, it was finally uh, Sammy attacked Tessa with a baseball bat, leading to this matchup at Slammiversary. Let's go Tessa. You got Tessa, you going for the ladies. Yeah. Who you got, Tessa or Sammy, JJ? So now we pussy, we can't even, we, we, Whoa, now we, now no we, so, so now, now we gotta use bats to beat up chicks. Mm-hmm. We gotta use bats. I mean, no, no, like, no, like, no, like, I mean, I mean, come good. on. Like, come on, they dragging it, yo. He gotta yes. use a bat? A bat? Yo. Yo, I'm, I'm so over Just it. go with Tessa. So Tessa or Sammy? I'm just going to go for gimmick purposes and pick Tessa. I'm going to go with Sammy. Sammy's lost too many big matches. He does not need to lose to a woman. Yes, I, I love Tessa, and Tessa is the strongest woman in all of Impact. And no offense, a woman can stand on the same level as men, but Sammy Callahan yeah, wait, does wait, not wait, need wait, this wait. loss. Nah, nah, time out, time out. I'm reading some... Disco Inferno's wrestling still? Yeah, yo! Oh, we we moved past that. Thank like, you. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> next up, we got Moose versus Rob Van Dam. I'm just reading that from the top fans that's on here. Like, I Disco, what the, said that. What the flying fuck? I, I was not paying attention. Well, you better pay attention then. Moose well, versus Rob Van Dam. This whole feud started when Rob Van Dam returned to Impact Wrestling. He got victories over the members of the North. The so North weird. had been teammates with Moose. I love the North. Moose has been claiming that he's going to become the new hardcore legend and he's going to take out Rob Van Dam by doing that. Moose, absolutely, you're not doing that. Like, so who you got? I mean, Black Excellence, I'm going to go with Moose winning. But you're definitely not about to be the a new, like, Forthcoming of hardcore fucking wrestling, like that's not happening. Like I don't even see you stepping on my thumb set. So what the fuck are you talking he's about? He's not Joey Janela. He's not. He's he's not John Moxley. He's not Sandman, actually. <laughs> Good point. But you got Moose or RVD? I mean, Moose has got to win a match eventually, right? Yeah, I would hope so, especially I mean, after eventually, he lost last right? Year. I mean, yeah. Yo, it feels like Moose gets so many. And that build up for yeah, last year's like anniversary gets... was everything in Toronto. Yo, that shit is cool. <laughs> it feels like Moose gets so many pushes to lose every big match that he's in. He does. It's like he's got to win one eventually. I mean, Rob Van Dam is what fifty. Like he he doesn't need the fucking matches anymore. He's just there to collect the paycheck and roll a blunt. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> He don't need the matches anymore. He's just there to entertain the people and get money for weed. He ain't there. Poor Katie Forbes. I'm just saying, like, he needs to get as many bags as possible so he never has to wrestle again so he can smoke as much as possible. I agree. He needs bricks. He needs bricks. He needs bricks. Yeah, I mean, that's a different... Drugs. No, I mean, he needs bricks uh, of weed. Well, yeah, no, but weed's not in bricks. Though. I know, but I, he's gonna make it. If anybody can make bricks of weed, it would be Rob Van Dam. Uh, or Venus. That too. Uh, Monsters I mean, I mean, Ball got, Fatal Four Way Impact Knockouts Championship match is gonna be Taya Valkyrie defending against Sue Young, defending against uh, Rosemary, and the returning Jessica yes. Havoc. 
This match has been building for a number of months. This all started when Sue Young killed Allie in the dark, in the dark oh, round. Way back. Uh, Rosemary decided that she was going to take out Sue Young from there. She won a match where she got uh, ownership over Sue Young. James Mitchell, who is the owner of all of the Dark Realm, took offense to that, of Sue Young being taken away from him by Rosemary. So he recruited Havoc to return to Impact Wrestling and take out Rosemary and lead and take out Rosemary, leading to taking the Impact Knockouts Championship. Taya Valkyrie saw that these two monsters of Sue Young and Havoc were teaming up against her. So she recruited Rosemary and it leads to this whole big fatal four-way to determine the knockouts championship. Who you got? I like A, Bellas Monsters Bowl for the impact, for the knockoffs impact division. I love the fact that that is Monsters Bowl. Um, for points purposes, I would like um, Johnny Impact's wife to win. <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I actually am a huge fan of Sue Young, so I actually want her to actually win. Okay. Sue Young, that's, a, that's an interesting pick. I didn't expect that. Who you got, JJ? I have a feeling Rosemary's taking this. Monsters Ball, it, it, it only fits who's in this match. I, I, I just see Rosemary taking this match. I'm going to go with Havoc winning this match. I wanted to go with Rosemary. I feel like Rosemary is the one with the most momentum. He, she is the baby face that needs to eventually do regain the Knockouts Championship. But I feel like it would mean more if Havoc wins the title and she beats the monster known as Havoc to win the Knockouts Championship. So I feel like Havoc just returning to Impact Wrestling needs this victory to establish herself as the monster of the Knockouts Division. Uh, we got the Impact Tag Team Championships is on the line. This one might be the match of the night. We got LAX, which has been having the match of the night at pretty much every thank Impact pay-per-view. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Yes. And they'll be versing the Rascals. This whole feud started when uh, the Rascals invited, invited LAX to their clubhouse. If you've ever seen the Rascals clubhouse, it's similar to the circle sessions on that 70s show. They get very high up there in their clubhouse. So they invited LAX, and LAX basically challenged them to get a shot at the Impact Tag Team Championships. They had their match. Uh, two of the members of, of the Rascals were allowed in this match. The third member of the Rascals came in at the end of the match and actually got the victory for the Rascals, causing a title change until a second referee came out and said that yeah, wasn't the uh -huh. Rascal members in the match. And LAX were given back the tag team titles. LAX took offense to this and took offense to the Rascals' mischievous ways, which leads to this rematch at Slammiversary. I'm going to start us off, and I'm going to say this is the time for the Rascals to win the Impact Tag Team Championships. You got to give, you got to take those titles off of LAX so LAX can make their decision this summer of if they want to stay in Impact or not. Correct, and I mean, I've heard through the grapevine that they're not resigning. So, due to that, I definitely see the Rascals winning. Um, I definitely see them doing the free bird um, and Impact with the with the tag titles, which I think is dope. Um, and it's hard because Impact Impact has a lack of tag teams, so already it's like if LAX doesn't resign, it's it's gonna their tag team division is gonna be a shit show. I mean, they do have tag because I mean I like the North, so I would like to, I, I would I would like but I would like to see like the North versus the Rascals yeah. down the road. So that's just me personally, but I definitely see the Rascals um, winning clean. 
um, and going against LAX, unfortunately, because that would be my points. And that's, I'll take match of the night points. That's actually a good point because the North and the North and Moose got the victory over the Rascals at mm-hmm. the last pay per view, so, so it does already set it you up. Gotta, so. Yeah, you got to put two together. What you think? I'm not picking against LAX until they actually lose. Okay, let's move on. Pretty simple. Right. Impact X Division Championship is on the line. We got Rich Swan defending against Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact won the X Division Championship title match at WrestleMania weekend at the Impact United We Stand show. He won Ultimate X to win the X and get this title match. He just lost the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, but he wants gold in Impact and he goes up against Rich Swan. Who you got in this one? Good old. Black excellence, which one? What do you got, JJ? Michael Elkin is in a title match? No, we're not there yet. Pay oh, it's more than Johnny Impact. My bad, my bad. I, I kind of read the top and I was like, Michael Elkin. John, I'm, I'm going with Johnny Impact. And then like, finally, in the main I'm event, gonna Impact World no, Championship, Ryan Cage versus Michael Elkin. Who do you got? Who do you got, JJ? Well, 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 fuck y'all. I'm going with Johnny Impact. <laughs> We already we heard you. No, no. I said I. My first comment was Michael Elgin was in a title. Match. But why was that the first? That was because I saw his stupid name there, and I'm like, why is he in a title match? But that's beyond the because point. Because if you've been watching Impact, they've been building. I, 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 duh. The goddamn duh. Elgin versus Cage. Duh. I haven't been watching Impact. Who do you got? Oh, that's really not my fault. Cause that's not my loss. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely pick the machine. <laughs> Fuck if Michael Elgin doing the title matches, but go ahead. It only took a day. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, gonna, you wanted to take two? I'm actually gonna go with Elgin. Actually. Fuck four. Uh, because if you've been watching Impact, you would see Christ. why. He's been undefeated. He's been taken out. <laughs> it makes sense. Makes sense. It makes sense. But I'm yeah, gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cage to get the victory. He just got the Impact Championship at the last pay per view, and he got that injury, so he hasn't been able to perform. Oh, so shit. I think he needs this victory here. Oh, okay. Well, that's he's just he's. It was, it, we just had news that Zion's hurt for his first uh, uh, summer, summer league. league match. So who cares? Uh, so. That is all for Impact Slammiversary. So I hope you guys watch the G1 Climax 29 opener in Dallas tomorrow. If you are in the New York City area, come on down to Legends, 33rd Street between 5th and 6th Avenue. Janelle from HR, Sir Wilkins, and Mr. Black from the Jobber Tears podcast will all be there for their next big viewing party, their first time viewing party for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, so we have our G yeah, we have our G1 Climax 29 viewing party tomorrow in real life time with TV land. Um, and then um, next Sunday we have our Extreme Rules viewing party at Legends again and then um, once again we haven't like really really officially put it out there but we have um, SummerSlam weekend unfortunately is not in New York but we are kind of creating our own SummerSlam weekend here um, at Legends and with the Java Tears podcast so we are actually having um, Hot 97's own Peter Rosenberg hosting our SummerSlam viewing party at Legends um, we are super duper excited. He, you know, he definitely has done it before for us, so we're glad to have him back. And we're, you know, working out some things for our NXT Takeover viewing party and also our Jobber Sam Five. So it is our one year Jobber Sam anniversary. So a lot of things are coming up this summer. 
So just stay tuned for more information. But once again, if you don't want to spend all the monies on, on buying New Japan, come out to Legends tomorrow and come watch with us. And yes, Jobber Slam 5 is the anniversary of my 2-0 <laughs> record when I became the True Hill Phenom. And How appropriate is that? Yes. So <laughs> come on down to Legends for SummerSlam weekend. It's going to be a great time. I had a match in a year. Well, hey. let's see what happens. It's not my fault. It's not. It's not my fault. I, ref- I refereed a match. Mind you, time. I still have the referee shirt that I bought for you, 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 you that didn't, didn't come it. in time. But um, boom. So <laughs> check us out on Facebook. If you are not a member of the of our True Hills group page, please become a member today. Uh, also like and support our True Hill Heat group page as well as the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. We want to thank everyone at the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. JJL, Lewis, the Golden Boy, those guys are awesome. And of course, everyone at Jobber Tears Podcast, definitely uh, like and support their page as well as their new group page. Their new group page had over 300 members since they added on the new admin, our uh, part Jobber Tears, part True Hill Security <laughs> himself. Dre Robinson. The real, so, the real security. Yes, the real deal. The real deal security. A shout out to a couple of our promotions out in New York City, Battle Club Pro, as well as Imperial World Wrestling. Top Guy JJ, tell them where they can follow you on social media. So on Instagram, True Hill oh, underscore really Top excited. Guy JJ. I mean, I mean, shit. It's, it's just, <laughs> wow, Instagram, what a way to end your show. Instagram, I mean, you can find me there, but I mean, as far as Facebook, you I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're only find, I'm, I'm only putting my Instagram because Facebook, I mean, is very clear what the fuck my name is on, on, on Facebook. Wow, we're just so like lusting here. Okay, I'm with it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just me. Okay. All day. All day, every day. All yeah. day. Janelle, tell them where they can check you out on social media. Um, at the Job Taste Podcast, because I don't really disclose my personal account because it, that shit is private. And I Yo, she just um, dumped me for the same <laughs> shit that she just did. But, um, at the Job oh Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and on YouTube. Wow. Um, Job Podcast. <laughs> I mean, but if you, really, if you really wanted to like find me, you would find me. Yo, shoot a DM mm. and uh, no, you never. <laughs> yo, let me yo. tell you a funny story before yo. Sid actually. So they it goes always, down to the DM. Yo, so the boys, so in our obnoxious ass group chat, the boys always get on me. So if I snapshot something from Instagram, they're like, "Yo, why the fuck do you have ten DMs in your in your inbox? Like, what are you doing?" I said, like, "I don't always check them. Like, we got guys." Yeah, but that's the first thing they always see. They don't see the picture that I sent them, the words <laughs> that I sent them. They're always so the boys are always focused on. Oh, so you got. 15 DMs. Why? How? I'm like, I don't check all of them, so it doesn't matter, but stop clocking. She's a popular woman. I'm, I'm not. I try not to be, but uh, I'd rather you guys support the podcast than, you know, I'm a part of the podcast, so. But how do you just you get me for what I literally me. just did, but well, then follow because, with the same shit? No, it was, I told it you to follow me on Instagram. It was how you said it. A couple you just like, oh, you know what, bitches? You can find me at, you know, Top Guy JJ. Oh, know, because uh, you uh, you can find me on Jabba Tears Podcast, but yeah, you can't find me anywhere else. Yeah, no, I'm good. You can find me there. That's, that's great. She did the same shit, guys.
It's the okay. same shit. It's alright. Well, follow us on Twitter at True Hill Heat. <laughs> follow me at True Hill underscore Epic SP3. And of course, you can check out my new podcast, Toxic Talk, with my toxic brother in Sir Wilkins from the Jobber Tears podcast, as well as the living legend Larry Morgan. Of course, support the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We got brand new interviews with the Our Father, Darius Carter, as well as Yaya, the gifted one. Yeah, check out the Check out those interviews we just posted up this week. Check out this podcast. It's going to be up this following week on our YouTube channel and will be up on iTunes. Check out all our past podcasts on our iTunes group page. So until the historic True Hill Heat. I'm so mad. I'm off by one. You're off by one. I'm off by one. But it's okay. It's all right. You're off by one. But you are number one from inside the Indies for Janelle from HR. For Top Guy JJ, I'm the True Hill Phenom SP3, and we are signing off.